It smells like beer in here. It's kind of the point. <laughs> alcoholic motherfucker. Hey. Not an alcoholic, I'm a connoisseur. I mean, you say potato, I say alcoholic. Drunk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fair enough. Hey there, TV fans. Welcome to the podcast where we pop the souls of shows that lasted two seasons or less and give them another chance before sending them to the great whatever. With me, as always, is Mr. Jeremy L. Jones, season one co-host. Hello, Jeremy. Hi, Sean. Uh, let's get into it real fast. What'd you think of the episode we watched? We're rewatching. Actually, so far, this is my favorite episode. No, really? Yes, Over absolutely. the other one that was your favorite? The one before? Not the last one, but the one before? You like that yeah. one a lot? Oh, really? Yes. Mm. I... I don't know. I'm... Conflicted. I, I'm conflicted. I... I don't think it's my favorite. I don't... Out of the first five, like, I wouldn't... Maybe my second favorite? I don't know. I really like the pilot. The pilot's one of the better pilots out there. Pilots are usually, like, hit or miss, usually. I mean, I've seen the pilot so many times. I think if I had to choose, probably the pilot. Um, I also, I I read a lot, of, a little bit recently about what happened with the show. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, why the creator left and why the actress plays Betty left and all stuff. And I'm, so I'm kind of like, I don't know, maybe a little looking at it from a different perspective, like, Fair. You know, like, I don't know. Because I, cause I can definitely tell that there's some hinky stuff going on with, like, the studio that, you know, the, the studio that produced the show well, and totally all the is, conflict but... and everything, yeah. And and looking back at all the other episodes and kind of thinking more and more that they cut stuff out. I know they cut stuff out because that was one of the problems the creator had with the studio. And I can kind of see it now as I look at it. Like, I don't think they, I mean, we'll probably get into it more in the episode i don't think they developed betty's character very well i don't know we're and definitely I feel, gonna get into yeah, that yeah yeah, yeah yeah i mean i feel like well and i also read something and i'll bring that up but that he was going somewhere else with her character that we never got to see that he wanted to be on there so anyways um that's interesting i'm curious to see where this episode's gonna go this discussion's gonna go um it's not that it wasn't a bad episode or anything not like last no, episode it no. wasn't anything you know, i'm not saying it's that. almost the polar opposite of the last episode but it kind of i mean yeah it definitely we had we definitely had a lot of problems with the last episode and i thought we were gonna have a lot of the same problems with this episode just because there was the whole thing with betty being in the drawer and everything in the last episode right, right, right. really it seemed like really poor writing to get. I feel like because she comes, she's such a major part of this episode, which is what uh, re, re, reaping havoc. Reaping havoc is the name of the episode. Um, I don't like that name. Um, <laughs> I don't like puns. Um, but I, I didn't, I didn't remember her like being such a. I don't know. I remember the episode after watching it, but once we saw the thing with her being in the drawer, I was like, oh, is she not really in the next episode or what? Now I'm questioning why they had that whole crappy drawer thing, like why they felt they needed that in the episode before her last, you know, like, because another thing I noticed, did you notice no Joy or 
Reggie this episode? I did, yeah. actually. And the no, first episode uh, without referencing yeah. her family no at all. No family at all. I mean, a little bit. Tiny bit. Like, because he... Rube makes some comment about, like, this goes extra for you with, like... Yes, what, but we don't the, actually, actually see... Actually, no direct references to them. Right. No. And we don't have any scenes with them. The actresses aren't, you know, the, none of the... Her mom, dad, or sister are in it. And then was... Now I forgot. Roxy. Was she in the episode? She wasn't in the episode either. Barely. Like, minimal, if at all. If she was in there, she She was just passed through. She didn't have a B story. She wasn't a part of the A story. Like, she was not there. Mason was barely in the show. Like, he had his tiny B story. He did, but... His story mirrors what's going on, so it's it, yeah. his his story is really interesting in its own right. I really I, am. I was really curious to find out your take on his stuff because I kind of spent the whole time going, "Why is this here? Why is this here?" So before we get into anything, yeah, no. do you want to explain why I, it might we, sound different? Yeah, no, here? that's that was the next thing I was going to okay, bring up before check. we got too far into this. Um, I should have mentioned it right off the top because it may Surprise, probably sound a little. I know, probably sounds a little. I'm excited to talk about this episode, maybe. Um, we are, where are we? You're in what House you of God's Brewing House Company. House of God's Brewing Company, yeah. Or a, a.k.a. your garage. Yes. Um, <laughs> the most exclusive you, brewing company in the state of because Idaho. Because even though you knew we were recording today, you did beer and then poorly planned it, and now you're watching your beer brewing as we're doing this. So I'm glancing You're going to randomly jump up and... Do stuff. I don't know. I just want to say to anybody listening, if you don't like the sound or if the sound quality is not up to par, A, I apologize, but know that this podcast, especially the Dead Like Me episodes, are basically fueled by beer. True. And so, true. If you don't, and I'm making beer right now, so if you don't appreciate that, yeah. just know that not only do you not like this episode or this series, you probably don't like podcasts. And I would go ahead and say you why don't like you life. Then? Yeah, if you don't like podcasts, why are you listening? Beer is in progress here, people. Just I, know that the little sounds going on in the background is beer being born. Yeah, if you hear any weird background sounds, that's all beer. Um, being sounds, born. Sounds, it, being born. It sounds fine in my. Headphones, so we'll see. Probably just a hiss right now. It's just the burn. <sighs> but yes, welcome to uh, House of God's Brewing Company, everybody. Yes. Um, before we get to the recap and everything, I do want to remind everybody, we uh, at the end of the season, when we're done re-watching the show, we do want to, we're going to have an, an extra episode where we talk about the show and talk about the movie and uh, should discuss basically whether the show we think it should have been canceled or why we think it got canceled you know just kind of go over all that and then if any of you want to be a part of that discussion um uh, let us know um we have we have an email i'm not 100 sure what it is off the top of my head it'll be in the show notes uh we are on facebook though you know uh, so you can message us there uh check the show notes for the email um it's Gmail or something. I don't know. Premature cancellation at Gmail, probably. I don't know. It'll be in the show notes. Uh, but contact us. Let us, you know, give us your thoughts. Ask questions. Tell us things. If you know something that we don't know, you want to, I don't know, contribute. Um, you know, write us. King of podcast promotion. That's you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. We might have an email. We have one. King. I'm sure. Um, ah, oh man, I produced this. I don't want to. Also, if you want to be my social media director for free, contact us at whatever email you may. You want a shit ton of work for absolutely no pay? There's your man. Yeah. yeah. That's what we, that's what I do. 
shit ton of work for no pay. Uh, That's what we all do. Uh, it's, it's lovely. All right. Let's get to the recap. The awesome. episode is called Reaping Havoc. Do you like the episode title? I mean, what no. Is the, does it even work for this episode? Like, where's the havoc in the episode? Was this a havoc-filled episode to you? No. no. They were I feel like they're just trying to be clever with their whatever their reaper What was the title puns. of the last episode? Wasn't it, it was Curious George and then... I don't remember. I don't remember. I feel Season like your, for some reason I want to remember Wednesday? that the last episode would have worked better. But Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. If you're really looking for a cute way to slip Reaper into the... Repercussions was the last episode. Closer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like, yeah, Repercussions might have worked on this one better. Or Reaper, screw it, we're losing an actress. Yeah. Yeah. That's much better. Um... Spoiler was, alert, we're losing an actress. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Hopefully you're watching along uh, right now as we record this. Uh, Dead Like Me is on Prime and Hulu. Amazon Prime or Hulu. So if you have either of those and you want to watch, or if you're a nerd like me and own the DVDs. <laughs> I haven't been watching my DVDs, but I could. I could. I've been rocking Hulu myself. <sighs> you have. And I've been doing... I like the Prime... But you've got the nifty ad breaks to help you break up your scenes and stuff. I just kind of fucking guess as I go. I'm like, ah, right, let's lump these scenes together. What's the first scene, <sighs> scenes? Where did you break up the first bit? The first bit. So, well, it's directed by a new director. Uh, or at least going through the episodes here. Uh, James Marshall, who also worked on the show Smallville and The O.C., this was written by J.J. or Jennifer Joy Philbin. She actually started on Mad TV and Saturday Night Live, working sketch comedy, apparently. And then she ended up uh, dead like me, and then also The O.C., and a little show called Heroes. She was a producer and writer on that. Wow, cool. hopefully not the last episodes, because that's where I absolutely <coughs> dumped that show. Oh, I think I made it through a couple episodes of season two, like I was... Season one is all I need. I got all the way to the last season before I just no, I got declared that two. declared like, that show bullshit. But yeah, I let let's not get into here. Let's not get into here. Um, yeah, let's not get into. That. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, I have I have opinions. Actually, actually never mind. We're talking about no, heroes. We're not today. talking about heroes. Yeah, let's just talk about <laughs> heroes. Screw it. Um, all right, let's get started with the recap. We begin. We start. With a flashback of Betty and an unknown gentleman running towards a cliff in their swimwear and right as Betty jumps, her fella doesn't, and watches as Betty falls. Back at the Waffle House, Rube continues to scold George and tell her that you can't mess with fate and that when people die, they die, blah, blah, blah. George heads to work at Happy Time as she laments the fact that she doesn't have friends, she just has coworkers. she wonders if Dolores could be a friend as they have a conversation about Dolores' sister being colorblind. She then asks Millie if she has a sister, and Millie tells Dolores that she has a brother who is a jet pilot. Jeremy Jones. Yes. I think my f- favorite part of the episode is the whole flashback to Betty and that whole thing with her death. Thing. Yeah. That was, I like that. I like that. I like the, well, it kind of sucks that the episode she leaves, we then start to get to know her better. I mean, it makes sense, but it kind of sucks because you're like, oh, we're kind of getting to know her and now she's 
going bye-bye, which is kind of what George did a little bit. She kind of got to know her better. Their friendship strengthened right before she bugged out. So, um, what do you think of... Actually, I found that fascinating because Mm -hmm. if you would have asked me... Before I started watching it again, mm-hmm. do you remember Betty from Dead Like Me? I probably would have said, I think so. Yeah. And if you said, did you like her? I would say, yes, actually, I did. Mm-hmm. You say, why? All the reasons I would have come up with were from this episode. It's interesting that yeah. it they made you care about this character right before they pull her off. Or yeah. they basically kill her off. Basically. And I mean, because you have no idea what happened to her. I think that's interesting because they... In the last episode, as we noted, they shoved her in a box and really didn't yeah. talk about why she wasn't there. Yeah. They could have just written it off. like They could have said, they, oh, she popped her last soul and then here's somebody else. But they went out of their way to really make you care about this character right before they kill her. And I think it's powerful and interesting that they did that. Because... Uh, yeah, I truly like this character now, but all the reasons are because of this episode. Yeah. And when it comes to the end, it's effective. Yeah. She, I thought about it more watching this, and I don't, I feel like they, there wasn't much Betty before this episode. Like, which is fine. First few episodes, you know, you're going to talk about George, she's the main character, whatever. Um, I, uh, yeah, I feel like this is like the... It sucks because this is like the first time you get to know Betty, and this is where you, I would assume, you know. But then, <coughs> stop coughing and ruining my podcast. Um, she, um, I, yeah, it's it's kind of sad. Uh, um, I feel like I'm just. Gonna but at the same time, uh, we I know Rube. We kind of have a we have a we have Rube. We mm-hmm. kind of know Roxy. Betty was always kind of the third yeah. wheel that we really didn't know. Yeah, we it's know Mason. He's a druggie that steals. Yeah, and it's I. Maybe you have some light to shine on this. I'm just going by what I saw. Yeah. But they obviously had something they wanted to say about her, and they tried to, they tried to tell it, or at least tried to show show us something mm-hmm. to make us care. Yeah. And I thought it was extremely effective in this yeah. episode. It, it, like I said, this is one of my favorite episodes. I might even say my favorite episode if we get to the end. Oh, you're putting this in the running I'm for your favorite putting episode. It my, putting it in right. my running. Right. Putting it in the running. I like it. Um. My biggest confusion comes from, I would say, the episode before. Like, I don't understand why they felt the need. Because let's say she left the show and they just needed to write her off and they didn't get a chance to do this cool episode where she gets her, you know, a nice send-off. And then you just, you know, write some crappy line about her being stuck in a box and whatever. But I'm I'm wondering if they, they shot the episodes out of order or something. And they decided to put the last episode where it was before this, and so they didn't have her. So they felt the need to explain why she wasn't there, which all goes back to that episode just being bad. Because they didn't need to do that. In retrospect, knowing that, because at the time we thought, oh, well, maybe this is some issue with, like, her leaving the show or whatever. No, it obviously wasn't directly involved with that. Like, as we've seen this episode... There's no Joy. There's no Reggie. If there's Roxy, she's not there very much. I can't remember. She's there to the point where I can't remember she's in the episode, so it doesn't matter if she is. And they didn't feel the need to write some crappy line explaining them all away. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, the last episode didn't have Betty, didn't need Betty. 
so they didn't need to explain why she wasn't there, I don't think. Like, I don't think they needed that. I don't know. As... Because we get her in this episode. Like, I don't understand the need for that. Writing a... I'm writing a book that has several characters, and by the way, check out... Ruins Ruins of Empire Empire series on uh, Amazon and other places. Um, I'm very conscientious about where my characters are, and I feel a need to explain... If they aren't in, if they aren't constantly in the scene, where they are, what they're doing, I feel it's weird to just have a character disappear and then reappear several scenes later with no explanation as to where they are. It's a bad explanation. Yeah. But I have, but I understand why they would want to explain that because yeah. I feel viewers would look at that and say, "Where the hell did Betty go? Why wasn't mm, Betty in this episode?" Maybe, but why wasn't there a crappy? line or good line explaining why Roxy wasn't in this episode. That's what I... Where's Roxy? Why isn't she there? I want to know. Yeah. You got nothing. I got nothing. Got I nothing. got nothing. Good yeah. point. I uh, have been duly chastised. Yeah, I don't know. It bothers me. So, moving on to them being in the... Because uh, I lumped this all together. So, we got... Uh, they're in the Waffle House talking. The only real thing that happens in the Waffle House is Rube scolding George again why did they have this in there, Jeremy, this part? I mean, it kind of ties it back to the last episode. Like, hey, we're still moving on from that. Well, I'm still mad at you from the last episode. But it, I don't know. It goes along with my theory We're that... the same damn conversation every episode. Like, it gets old. It goes along with my theory that George is rocking Rube's world because mm-hmm. he has never questioned mm-hmm. any of the things that are going on. He is... Somewhere in his past, he was told what to do. He never really questioned it. Maybe it was a function of when he was born, but he never really did. And this girl from the mm-hmm. early 90s, late 90s. Early 2000s. Early 2000s. Yeah. I know where, I know where 2003. we are. 2003. <laughs> this girl from 2000 is kind yeah. of rocking his world, hmm. asking a bunch of questions and yeah. screwing around with fate so- in ways that he never even thought about doing. That's weird. He's been doing this for at least a hundred years, apparently, since he That's a good estimation, there. yes. Yeah. Uh, it's odd that George would be the first person to question anything. I don't know. He may or may not she or excuse me, she may or may not be the first to question it, but yeah. she may be the first he's listened to and is actually affecting him. Maybe. Because I, you get the sense that he's had this conversation with other people and clearly other people have fucked with fate. Sure, 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 sure. We've seen Everyone that does. a time and time again. Yeah. It's one of those things that everybody kind of does yeah. but doesn't talk about, although yeah. George's is she's a little bit more it. brazen. Yeah, she's just doing it out in the open. It's it's the hidden secret that nobody wants to talk about. Yeah. And he hasn't questioned, but the fact that she's doing it and doing it so mm. brazenly is affecting him. Interesting. That's my, that's Interesting. my theory. Okay. I'll allow it. Uh, it's still... I don't... I don't know. <laughs> it's just that same old thing, like, you can't mess with fate, peanut. I don't know. Yeah, that was dumb. Um, can I... I did write down... Okay, we're in the in the, uh, in the happy time at the copier with the poster, with the snail, looking at, what, the wall, and it says, Determination is the first chapter in the book of success. What the fuck? fuck is with that poster that poster is stupid it's supposed Dude, to be stupid i know it was and they did a it's good job every shitty motivational poster you've ever seen in any office ever where you look at that and you and go I, that, makes that no doesn't sense. even yeah, mean right? anything why I, is that up i really hope that i'm like 99 percent sure they had to have made that up oh i'm sure they their, did yeah because i've never seen that poster before either well it was dumb you know what 
it wouldn't be the on the realm of possibility that they found something that stupid and put it up. Maybe. Okay. So Those, something that stupid exists. I'm going to play devil's advocate. What does the poster mean then? If it's not stupid, let's just, let's make the argument that it, it makes perfect sense. I'm not saying that it isn't stupid. <laughs> I'm no, saying that something that not, stupid exists in the world. Yes, but this poster is obviously stupid. Okay. Uh, but if it wasn't stupid, what does that mean? What does that mean with a snail looking read, at a wall? It said, the, uh, uh, determination is the first chapter in the book of success. <laughs> I guess determination to, for the <clears throat> snail to climb. Oh, you're going to do stream of conscious thing. Do it. Chapter one, it. determination, right. where you have the drive to succeed. Chapter two, failure, complete and utter fuck failure, where you <laughs> die and fall on your ass. Chapter three, more determination. Chapter four, eh, you probably try to bribe somebody. Chapter five, success. Chapter seven, run for president. Somewhere, <laughs> right. Somewhere, uh, chapter eight, uh, cash in your money. Um, I have a... I can't there even should hopefully, the there should hopefully be an email in the show notes. Write us and tell us what you think. What that fucking poster meant. Um, I want to hear some theories on that. The, Even my powers see. of bullshit cannot yeah. resurrect that one. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This kind of ties into... Uh, okay, so there's the whole... She makes a comment about finding friends. You know, the whole, like, how do you get friends kind of thing. Like, is Dolores my friend? I don't have any friends. How do I get friends? And then at the end of the episode, she makes the comment about, like... Uh, I don't remember exactly what she says. She makes something that's like, uh, in death, it's just like... In life, it's the same, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, it fucking is. Like, even the search for friends as an adult is, that's a thing. That adults, I've asked that, I've been like, why is it so difficult to make new friends as an adult? Like, I got my, you know, the people you were friends with as kids, and then you're still friends with for some fucking reason, and I don't know, I just like, you like, meet someone, and you're like, that person's cool, I'd like to hang out with them. But how do you do that? Like, I feel so awkward just being like, "You want to hang out sometime?" It's weird. I think it that's a weird. normal. That's no. a normal part it, of life. Like, it, I think this really is weird to try to try to make friends as an adult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's even weirder to try to make friends when you don't have much of a past anymore, like she does. <sighs> right? Yeah, I feel like it would be almost maybe easier if you can make it up like she does. But at the same time, there's something interesting about where she's coming from because. Even if she hadn't died, she's basically starting from nothing because mm-hmm. there's this idea that she didn't live while she was alive. Mm-hmm. She was your basic 18-year-old, fuck the world, fuck this, I don't even want to participate. Right. Dies and then realize, realizes what she missed. And so the idea of now trying to make connections late in death, early in death. Late, early, early, early. She's less than a month dead. Okay, and this is one of those things that you probably forgot, but I made sure to write, I wrote down a note for it. Um, The way Dolores asks her if she has a sister, it's almost accusatory. She's like, do you have a sister? Like, I don't know. I just thought it was weird. You probably don't even remember. Less accusatory, but it does fit in with my theory of her being kind of a mother figure. I can Mm -hmm, see, mm -hmm. I can see a mother going, do you, or... Like a friend's mother more than anything else going, do you have a sister? (laughs) Do you have a sister? It's not accusatory, but it is definitely hokey, corny, kind of Midwest-ish matronly. I will tell you that I'm not totally sold on the whole 
Dolores as the replacement mother thing. Really? Because there's Not a yet. scene I'm going to ask you then about. I might have written it down. I might, right. There was one scene with them that I wrote down... I don't know, maybe, but I'm not totally sold yet. Okay, you might you might have to try and convince me. All right, but because um, I'm not, I don't know, I'm not. Anyway, we'll get to it. Um, oh, okay. Why do you think she photocopies her face? Just because she's just 18 year old goofing off, showing how because she's... because it's supposed to help with hangovers. It's supposed to what? Have you not heard this? No. Okay. Number one, she's not hungover. I'm not saying she is, but it's supposed to help with hangovers. That's what I assume she was. Why would it help with hangovers? That's the stupidest thing. <laughs> Putting your face on a photocopier and letting it run and blind you is supposed to... I didn't say it's a good no, idea. It's a Somebody at one point in time told me it was good for hangovers. Now, I object to this idea, Yeah. but that's where the idea comes from. That's dumb. Um... I just looked at it as a silly. She's just being... Yes. Yeah. But my big question from this is, what would it look like if she's photocopying, photocopying her face? Have you not photocopied it, your face or your ass? Yes, but she looks different to everybody Which else. Which one? George. No, have you photocopied your face I'm or not ass? answering your stupid question, and both. Um... No, neither. Um, uh, I would never photograph your face. Who does that? And the question is, did you see any difference between the what? two? What? No, funny. Oh! You're so funny. What would show up? What When the paper comes out with her face, is it going to be the image that everyone else sees or the image that, or her, like... Well, clearly the one that everybody about. else yeah. sees, not the one that she they is, never because... Showed, yeah. The video cameras where Mason first mm-hmm. shows her, yeah. here's what the dead look like. The video cameras yeah. show them as looking like different people, so there isn't any reason why a photocopier, which runs on the same idea, wouldn't show the same thing. That was my thought, too. And then later in the episode, spoiler, she takes Betty's picture, and the last shot, second Ooh. last shot, is a picture of Betty looking the way that the Reapers see her. Ooh, I had not thought of that. Now, would people that see Betty the way people see, living people see the Reapers, would they look at that picture and see the other version of Betty? If they were... Is if she they just were, seeing it from her perspective? Is that what's happening right now? If they were... No, that's a breach of canon. Because yeah. Betty looks the way she does when she's alive, but yeah. Reapers look different to the yeah, living. To the living. And so... And so a camera Someone taking their that. picture yeah. would look different. Yeah. So that's a bit of a breach of canon. Yep. Not so bad a one that I didn't notice because... No. Yeah, I'm just nitpicking it. That's so. pretty nuts. That's what we're doing fair here. Po- so. Fair point. Yeah. Didn't really bother me. It's a breach I of noticed. canon. It's a continuancy error, but not so bad that I think is a... You know, I can just throw out your whole best episode thing. You're like, it's no longer the best episode. Fuck it. Fuck this it's episode. Fuck the show. I'm out. Flip the table. <laughs> oh, sorry about the, your laptop. Just flip the table over. <laughs> knock over the laptop and the mic. Just boom everywhere. Uh, okay. That's all I got. So uh, this whole chunk of mini scenes, do you have anything else? Not yet. Ruber, Dolores. Okay. Uh, moving along. So next, kind of continuing the scene, Dolores pops her head back in and ask, asks Millie, Millie if she's ever kept a scrapbook and takes her to a conference room where some people are all seem to be working on their scrapbooks. George just seems to be there for the free food, obviously. Dolores shows off her work-related scrapbook to everyone. George then imagines showing her work-related scrapbook full of bone fragments and a melted testicle. Dolores asks Millie if she wants to start a scrapbook, but unfortunately it's one of Millie's 
heavy flow days. Let's just talk about that real fast. She goes to the period OBGYN vagina issues. Like she chooses the thing that no one, I guess she plays into the fact that no one wants to talk about that. The society just doesn't want to talk about women's vajayjays. That's my theory. Yeah. 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 She's just playing heavy into that heavy. No, I did not mean to say heavy flow. It's one of my heavy flow. Who says that? Who says in a room full of people? Yeah. Sorry. It's one of my heavy flow days. Like what? It's funny, but it's funny. My question is no in real life. But let's face it, Dolores does turn it around on her a few times during this season. So, sure, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, the last episode where she just goes like, "Oh, is it a pap pap?" So it's interesting she tried that. She tells that awkward story about her at the. So it's interesting that her character tries that again, although probably just panics and tries mm-hmm. to think of anything that'll end this conversation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What did you? Um, what do you think of Crystal's only appearance in the episode here at the... Did you notice it? She's yes, but it didn't scrapbook. register, remind me. So all she does, she's in doing the scrapbooking, right? She's in the conference room. Crystal walks by the room and kind of just gives her a look. Oh, like yes. a knowing, like, and shakes her head and then keeps walking. That's all she does. Is she like, what, the... I don't know. She like... Crystal's in, She's obviously... like shaming her for becoming whatever, you know, uh, 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 conforming, you know doing what's normal or whatever, like, or, I don't know, like, because Crystal's obviously non-conformist. She goes to the, what, the, the she went to the party just to get the cake, and then she's like, fuck you all, I just wanted the cake, and she licks Dolores' phone. Like, she's not a normal person, Jeremy. <laughs> Which is why we love her. Oh, she's amazing, yeah. Um, well, actually, that comes in interesting at the, towards the end of the episode, but, yeah, I think there is this... Oh, you're one of them. Mm-hmm. You're one of them, they, mm-hmm. the people. Right. Um, she's obviously the agent of chaos. She's obviously she is, yeah. the outsider. Yep. But aggressively so. She, not the outsider wanting to be among the group. The outsider who yeah. just likes to prey on well, yeah. the weak and the stupid and right. the old. Yeah. That's, I think, yeah. Do you think she got a little bit of respect from George with the whole poop? Thing the episode before she like, got a she kind of doesn't yes group them in with everybody else like the sheep she's like oh you're kind of your own no person. no no I think in her crystal's mind she's still the sheep oh, she's but still she's still sheep. the sheep that kind of stared down the wolf uh, for about a minute or so okay okay the wolf so going you think she still classifies her sheep yeah status? but but it's a sheep that okay yeah, yeah, yeah hey, I'm gonna enjoy turning that sheep. <laughs> enjoy turning that sheep's throat out a little bit challenge accepted yes. <laughs> Um, did you notice the, uh, I don't know, they're, they're, they're talking and one of the gals refers to someone as a see you next Tuesday. Yes, I did that? notice yeah. that. Allison was watching it with me and her reaction, was she, I don't know if she said specifically, she, she'd never, she, basically she'd never heard that. She was like, what? And I kind of was just like, cunt. <laughs> it means cunt. And then I got happy that I got to say I'm like, and I'm going to get to say cunt on the podcast. Because <laughs> that's what it stands for. Do you like that little... Do, do I like, like the idea that Tuesday? see you next Tuesday means cunt? Yes, I, mean, I do like that. That's idea. one of my favorite ways to say cunt without you know, saying the word. Because no one likes to hear that word, except me. I actually like the word cunt. I think but... it's an aesthetically pleasing, as a word, an objective word. Like, not the definition or what it you know, means or whatever. Not like the British idea of it, where they just kind yeah. of throw it around yeah. willy-nilly. I wish I could. I wish. Let's go to, let's go to England, <laughs> just so we can call everybody a bunch of cunts. 
Let's do it, Jeremy. You and me. Let's, we the can cunt, do it here, right show. now. See how many times you can fit it in this podcast. I think we should. We should just call each other cunts the whole time. Um, oh, yeah, fucking cunts. You're right, old cunt. Um, use acid-free stickers, especially on your friendship page. What the fuck does that mean? She says to her, she says, or I think she's talking to... Someone says, I don't know, I all I put was the quote here, and then put what the fuck. Um... Someone says, use acid-free stickers, especially on your friendship page. That's the quote. I believe from Dolores talking to George or someone else. Well, as to why the friendship page exactly, is that your question? Or why acid-free That's got to be it. What the, I mean, acid, okay, what the fuck is an acid-free sticker? I actually do have, uh, I have some insight to show on this. Okay, I did make a scrapbook when I was in high school. Okay. Um, (coughs) Yeah. Sorry. Yes. (laughs) Have I ever hidden that? No. I no. did make a scrapbook in high school about my trip is. to Europe because oh. not only am I a nerd, I'm a privileged yeah, nerd. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. Um, you cunt. But I... Well done. Ah. <laughs> but acid I was free. told to use yeah. acid-free stickers, acid-free tape because acid will wear down the pictures and other things you want to... Sure, and scrapbookers are something you want to keep forever and ever. Exactly. Yeah. So there's... It's there a little, are stickers with... Acid in them? The adhesive has acid, yes. Oh, that's weird. Why? It's terrible. It's a little... I'm it's no a longer bit of ban- It's a bit of banter to throw yeah. in to for people who actually know the... Right, yeah. Know the hobby to go, oh, yeah, yeah. So, you should use acid-free stickers because otherwise it will degrade the quality mm-hmm. of your photos mm-hmm. and your artifacts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's fun. Fine. And I kind of was able to kind of figure that out with the acid-free stickers. Uh, especially on your friendship page. Yeah, that That's makes no be sense. The, yeah, 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 yeah. That makes zero sense. I'm just like, what's the friendship page? The other pages. Ooh, fuck. Here's, a, here's my theory. Your friendship, your friendship page, page uh, has more pictures, Jesus. and the acid will degrade photos more than anything else. Mm, that's the only thing that makes sense. I'll allow it. Uh, she's been. Yeah, we talked about that. All right. Anything else? Just. Let us take a minute to appreciate her work scrapbook. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We definitely need to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just, it's a beautiful little moment that is funny as fuck. Oh, yeah. It's one of, and it's one of those things to remind you that this is a weird little show and they go to the little fantasy whatever scene. I love shit like that. Yeah. Very family guy, but it worked so well. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I thought that was nice and funny and morbid. Made perfect sense. Yeah. But basically um, a description of this show. Yeah. <sighs> no, it was very, yeah, it was very with the dead like me kind of overall theme of the show. I liked that little bit. little moment. That was one of those um, pieces that I remember, like when I think about the show. There's like the four or five things that I always think of, you know. More support Kate. to my to my yeah, theory. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. one of the best episodes. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying the best Which yet. Which is funny because one of most, one of my most, Things that I remember, uh, other than I think Kesarasra and the pilot and the little girl in the pilot, the toilet seat, this, and then Rube saying, I'm going to kill that fucking baby from the last episode. Like, that's such an awful episode. <laughs> and I just love that line. Um, I think that's Rube. <clears throat> yeah, I love key it. Lime key lime pie. Tasty key lime pie. Uh, next scene, back at the Waffle House. This is a big one. I think I. I think I shoved a bunch of scenes into this one thing. Shove it in, shove it in. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Yes. Break it down. 
Back at the Waffle House, George and Betty sit at a booth with a soul while George wonders if Betty is her friend and decides she is. She tells Betty that she found out who Millie is and about her jet pilot brother. The soul in the booth sees a body outside and Betty says that it's him. We then flash back to Betty falling off the cliff. Rube is there as Betty walks out of the water. She had seen Rube earlier when a man had grabbed her buttocks at the dessert table. Rube assures her that he is getting a promotion and hers will be the last, but he grabs. As Betty heads to jump again, she sees a body in the water with a suit just like hers. Back at the Waffle House, Betty tells George that the reason she takes Polaroids of the dead people she takes is to have her own style and that she has saxophotos she has taken. Um, what did you, what did you, this goes back to kind of the, the whole, what we were talking about earlier, how much we love this flashback. It's a good scene with the flashback. Um, oh, and I like the juxtaposition, juxtaposition, words are hard, of kind of her, because it shows him the soul she's gathering, finding, seeing a body and being like, oh, that's you. And then same thing, we go and see the same thing happen to her. She's like, oh, who's that? Well, that's you. Like, I thought that was, I thought that was a good, I don't know, mirror. I don't know, the best two, thing about this scene for me was intertwined. the banter between Betty and Rube. Mm-hmm. And it, this was the first moment I kind of said, wow, this is why I like Betty. Mm-hmm. I can't point to any other episode, anything she did or said before this episode mm-hmm. that I really, really liked about the character. But this is the first time where you get this sense that she's more than just the other mm-hmm. girl. I think this is a good time to bring up there, because I, I agree, there wasn't much of Betty leading up to this, and this is the first time we really got to uh, flesh it out. She, they're apparent, I'll, I'm, I'm going to do more research on this, but the little I read was an interview with the creator, and he vaguely mentioned something about the studio not liking her character, and that's why they wrote her out because they didn't like the character. Now, the reason they didn't like the character was for something that is not ever mentioned. He mentioned something about the character had killed a child or something along those lines, <laughs> something like that, and they didn't like that about her. So that leads me to wonder if. Because we can, we've speculated on those first four episodes that there were a bunch of points, especially the last episode, where they had cut some shit, where it's kind of awkward, and you're like, maybe they cut some scenes. I'm wondering if they cut some shit from Betty, like that maybe there used to be some more kind of meaty stuff about Betty, but that they cut it all out, and she just became this kind of, I don't know, just random character that was there, and then they gave her an, this episode to send her off. Because I also think this episode might have been planned because the character the creator also mentioned something about bringing her back but obviously he left so he couldn't bring her back so it, 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 a whole bunch of questions around this for me at least you know as far as because it, it I, I don't know I feel like what do you think about all that I think so I think a lot's interesting yeah uh, it's interesting to speculate it I would be interested to know what they were trying to do just do. from a just from a writer's standpoint. Yeah. What do they want to do? Why couldn't they do it? Yeah. What was I, I we've I discussed feel like the answer of why you couldn't is gonna be the studio fucking with it. Like I think we discussed earlier that they were trying to push the envelope in a lot of ways. 
I think mm. were a little bit ahead of their time in 2003, whenever yep. this was made. Yep. We've discussed that before. And so it wouldn't surprise me if they wanted to do something with this character that was mm. just a little bit too edgy for right. anybody at Showtime or wherever they were yeah. to be comfortable with that. But the speculation as far as what they want to do, I think it's interesting. And yeah. I would be interested to hear. What I want to look out. into that more. Yeah, we'll talk but about another what episode. I What's more interesting to me is what this scene tells us about Betty, how they're forming this character that we grow to love intensely in an episode, in an episode yeah. to the point where I get a little choked up when she oh, yeah. goes it's away. Not, yeah, it's and the, the this is the first time we see, see kind of her philosophy, which is the jumping is the best part. You know, the, where oh, yeah. her, that, that, that dialogue between Rube and, and yeah. her, you know, the, the, the jumping is the best part because the mm-hmm. jumping is where you make the decision. That's well, she didn't say that, but you know, there's this idea that you jump, mm-hmm. the falling just kind of happens. Yeah. And then the landing just kind of happens, but it's the jumping and it's very much this idea of this character who just wants to be, that makes that decision to do something cool, to change things up, to, to shake up the world because she gets, she's ambitious, she's restless. Right. And she wants to, she, she will yeah. shake up the entire world because she's bored. Yeah. Yeah. And so why does she jump? Well, because what she wants to do yeah. and she hates the fact that men get lily livered it's very unattractive quality it, there's so much about this style this uh this banter back and forth that he just grow to love this woman yeah um yeah no i i don't disagree with any of that um i think like this ep- yeah the way they handle betty this episode is great and it's great if that was Planned. I don't know if this episode was planned or if they needed to because she was leaving the show or they were getting rid of her. Uh, it almost sounds way. like he had plans to bring her back, so I don't know. I think it, it's good. It's a good character thing. Like, if they were going to bring her back, I think like it would have been It's an nice. interesting choice. Fun. you got to admit, it's an interesting choice, planned or no, yeah. that you have a person leaving yeah. and that you go out of your way to make an episode because people... It would be. It wouldn't be as interesting. It would have been choice. shoving her in a drawer and like writing. You know, it would have been as interesting of a choice. No. If we, if she had been around, or if they had established the character and that they needed to kill her off. Yeah. But it's interesting that they really hadn't done anything with this character, mm-hmm. but they still chose to have an episode where we, where they really develop the character, mm-hmm. and in the span of episode, get us to like her and then kill her off. Yep. It was well done. Um. I liked her mention of convertible is a breezer, like nod, nice back, little... nod back to her like from being from the twenties and whatever. Um, she definitely sounds different when it's her freshly dead talking to Rube. She's got that twenties kind of yeah. I don't know cadence or whatever. It's kind of cool. I would imagine you would. Yeah, no, and that's kind of a cool thing that he did. Is oh yeah, she talks she did different. A good job, yeah, what I mean, you probably talk different. Now than you did 20 years ago. 100%. If you yeah. met yourself 20 years ago, you'd probably slap the shit out of yourself. Oh, I want to. Um, okay. Oh, no, and then I liked the line uh, where she, what George said, being dead made her more alive than any living person I know. Betty. I mm-hmm. thought that was interesting. It does go back it to an the overriding theme to... where she wasn't, she didn't appreciate life when she was alive. Yeah. And now she has a sort of second chance. Right. To... 
make I, something of her I did notice life. that a lot. Yeah, talking about that kind of made me think, like, eh, it's the same with you, buddy. You're living your life as a dead person. Um, okay. I, I did look this up because I was very curious. Uh, I am looking at the word. I wrote it down correctly. I don't remember how she pronounced it. Uh, the... Dang it. For tourist, for tourist, it was when she's talking to Rube. She's talking about the, I, I saw you with the, for tourist at the thing. She referred to the, she refers, I can't believe I noticed this and you didn't, um, or cared. She, because I never heard that word before. She said it. I, I, I don't think I noticed it the first watch. But I guess when I just I was, heard tourist. Yeah, no, for tourist. It's a. Uh, I wrote it, it as far as I know. I wrote it. My word processor doesn't like the word, but the captioning had it spelled F R O T T E U R I S T for tourist. Of course, I looked up the de- definition. Ar- she said, "Aren't you a friend of the for tourist? A for tourist." Is a fratur. Helpful, right? So, a fratur is a person who engages in the sexual act of fratage. Helpful again. Fratage. You're enjoying yourself, aren't <laughs> this you? This is ridiculous. Frita- this rabbit hole I had to go down to find out what this fucking word meant. Fratage. The practice of touch... Well, this was one of the definitions, apparently. There was another one. But the one we needed was the practice of touching or rubbing against the clothed body of another person in a crowd as a means of obtaining sexual gratification. There was a fucking word for that, Jeremy. And Betty knew it. And common in the 20s, I guess? I don't know. I got that nothing a, other than I'm word to me. a sad that I missed that. I yeah. always I just assumed it was tourist. That's why I, I watch with subtitles because in case so I don't miss shit like that. And now I'm kind of in love with that word. I want to try For to figure tourist. out a way to. Yeah. Here, well, I I mean that's great, but uh, she could have said uh, she could have said for tour. She didn't need to say for tourist, like because it's a for tourist is a for tour. <laughs> that's the definition. It's literally it's like a for tourist. Is a fratur, uh, who's someone who does frittage. <laughs> frittage. That sounds like some kind of yeah. craft you'd find at Hobby Lobby. Like, yeah. well, this is our this is our bead section. This is our frittage <laughs> section. Right? Don't go over there. Uh, yeah, bunch but, of guys in trench coats. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. Clothed body of another person in the crowd as a means of obtaining sexual gratification. Uh, I, I mean, in the guy did grad- not know that word, but yeah. I now love that word. Yeah. That's pretty bad. That's terrible that there are reapers out there and the way they grab souls is by grabbing the ass of the woman. That's awful. Yes, but how is it's there a, not? If uh, well, yeah, Harvey Weinstein's a happened. thing. Oh, yes, yeah. there are some oh, guys yeah. who's popping souls through oh, their no. products. Oh, hashtag me too. Um, <laughs> well, it's not the fault of the jump. Landing's a lot like falling. You just land. Yeah, we talked about that. I'm a jumper. No sack can hold me. No sack can hold her, Jeremy. Um, oh. Yeah, and then I wrote it down again. She took George's picture, but we never saw the picture. Are we assuming that it looked like George? Or Obviously, Canon would suggest it, it looks yeah. like her look like doppelganger. Yeah. I don't know. They didn't show it. Uh, okay, anything else? Nope. For time. Other than, I, For did, I didn't write the exact, exact line, but they are foreshadowing Betty's death in this scene. Are they? I don't. 
I'm sure they are. I don't remember. But neither do I. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's why my notes I suck. Buy I buy it. Um, okay. Next scene. At the Waffle House, Mason tells everyone that there is a huge dust... Oh, this fucking scene. At the Waffle House, Mason tells everyone that there is a huge dust cloud in China that's killing people, taking paint off of cars and flesh off of cows. But apparently, this is just another lie from Gary, who is, quote, full of shit. The others start talking about what it's like to take a nice trip during a natural disaster, while George would like to know if they ever take vacations where no one dies. Rube gives everyone their post-its, and Mason asks how he's supposed to make it out to East Bumblefuck. What the fuck is with the scene, Jeremy? That's my question. I don't... I mean, it's maybe one of those... Like, in the other ones, we had those scenes where I asked what the fuck's with the scene, but then it's like, it's entertaining. And I guess this one's okay. It's got some good dialogue. Banter. Yeah, it's banter, but it's... They are establishing that they do travel a bit for reaping that. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That kind of builds the world a little bit. I didn't have a problem with that. I think my biggest problem would have been the shit with Mason and, and he's just like, have you been talking to Gary again? And I'm sitting there going, who the fuck is Gary? I guess if that's what our reaction is supposed to be, then I guess, I don't know. I'm, I'm more I more see it, it as it's a fun line, but not a necessary line in, what do you chalk it up to? I chalk it up to building Mason's character a little Maybe. bit. He's a little too, gullible. I wouldn't say gullible, but willing to believe yeah. things that mm, interest yeah. him. Sure, sure, he's, sure, sure, sure. He's, he's, he's not unlike Betty in the fact that he mm-hmm. wants They're to similar. experience. I mean, he's... Let me go on a limb. Mason's a jumper, too. He is a jumper, I think, yeah. Let's, he killed himself... Trying to drill, his, drill, his, drill, drill, drill a hole, hole in his head, head so get the ultimate, get the ultimate high. high. Yeah, yeah, that's so, pretty jumpy. He, so he's a jumper too, and he yeah. likes the idea that this is happening. He mm-hmm. likes the idea that people are being killed, having the skin ripped off them in China, because mm-hmm. that's an interesting thing to anybody. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Gary, but it, the Gary Gary's another Reaper, I guess. Sure. Yeah. It was weird. It was awkward. I don't know. It wasn't the best. It wasn't my favorite scene. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I did write down that Betty is basically like Mason, but in her own way kind of a thing, um, including the whole... I missed it the first time, uh, but on my second rewatch, it was the her talking about shopping for clothes because I didn't notice she was showing her all the little doohickeys she has for stealing clothes. Mm-hmm. This one takes off the tag. This one does the thing. Like, yeah. I just, I didn't catch that the first time. And then I saw the one. I'm like, ah, uh, Betty. Because then I remembered like the first episode where she got the nice apartment, you know, because so she obviously does the thing that Mason does and just house, you know, hops, whatever, from dead people's houses and stuff. So she doesn't, she doesn't go and work like George does, you know. Um, I did like Rube. She asked Rube if, well, maybe get you something. He's like, no, I'm good. Well, if you. See something that screams me, go ahead and pick it up. <laughs> I just like that little line from Rube. Uh, who the fuck is Gary? Yeah, I didn't write that down. Oh, here's a good question. So we, we, on that line, you got Roxy has a job. George has a job. Mason steals and does his thing. Uh, Betty obviously also steals and does her thing. What the fuck does Rube do? Rube does Rube. Yeah, like, I don't know. Where does he get his money, you know? Does he have a... He obviously, I don't know if he has a job. I'm assuming he doesn't because we haven't seen it. You know, he has to eat. Good well, he question. doesn't have to eat. My Technically, they don't need to buy anything. 
I guess my idea would be that he does the same thing that Rube and Betty do, but mm. to a lesser degree. He wouldn't bother Amazing stealing clothes. Yeah. He will move into a yeah. modest apartment. <laughs> he would right? he will cook on a hot plate, as yeah. we've seen him do. Yeah. He does the same thing, but not to their degree. Yeah. He must. Interesting. Because to do that would be unseemly. Yeah. But we but he's also the type that will agree that it needs to happen. Let's just not talk about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um Mason saying dead yellow people. And your point is? He's a little bit racist. A little bit. But she's in the 1920s. She's a different generation. Who is? Betty. No, Mason. Oh, Mason. Mason. Also a different generation. Yeah, Mason's talking about the, uh, you know, he's trying to get everyone worked up with the storm in China or whatever. And he's like, dead yellow people everywhere or something like that. I'm like, ah. Excuse me, yes. A little racist. A little racist. He's from the A little racist. A little racist. Then it's funny. I'll bring it up again. He kind of. Aren't you the racist? Aren't you the... Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like the... Yeah, no, no, no. And then I wrote down the whole... I like the... the, Yeah, learning that they use Reapers for natural disasters and send them over to other countries and stuff. Yeah, no, it does. Yeah. You got a certain number of people posted each city or whatever. So if you have a big disaster where lots of people are dying, you do what you can. If you have a bunch of people dying from an ab machine frying you or whatever... Um, Regular oh. trip to, to uh, Spain for the running of the bulls. <laughs> um, something defending the scene just a little bit I liked was the whole thing with uh, George and the fruit with Mason where he eats a dollar's worth of her fruit. Where he's like, when Rube is like, everyone pitch in. I'm like, Mason ate half my fruit like a dollar's worth. <laughs> Make him, he's like, you really want a dollar? Well, that's why I said it. <laughs> I just like that a little bit. It's I like little bits like that that's like kind of like, Shit that might happen with you and your friends or something, you know, yeah. like it's it's nice. Um, which is really all this scene is is just kind of a. I would argue that's the whole the entire scene. Show if you there. like that moment, then yeah. I mean, we I mean, didn't like the as I'm saying. Yeah, I don't know something with that gay or Eli. banter is kind of cool because banter shows that there's a world outside the the world that we are shown. No, I'm I'm the, all about the that. idea that there's a Gary running around somewhere who just spreads shit. Is it, yeah. is it important? No, it's not no. important. But it's a, there's an idea that there's people Whoa. running around who spread this kind of shit. Mason is deep in it, and we've had this conversation before. Obviously, Rube has had this conversation before. It expands the world, but doesn't, does it need to explain it? No, it doesn't. But it exists, and it's fun to know. I think, uh, yeah. I'm liking this scene more and more as we talk about it. Uh but Betty says George is just a kid and not to be an asshole. But oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's funny that she she's like because she's like Rube, can I get a ride or whatever? And he's like eh, get a bus or whatever, walk. And she defends her by saying she's just a kid. It's like eh, is she though? Like right now, but assuming in twenty years she'll well, yeah. still look the same. And she's gonna look the same, but she's gonna be older. Like I don't know. I'm just like I'm with Rube. Like she needs to learn. She's not. A kid, like she's she's been de facto by dying and getting this job. She's like having a father to, figure. May I add? You can. <laughs> I will allow that. Rube is the father figure. Figure. I'm there. I'm okay. on team that. It's the Dolores that I'm not. Fair enough. Sold on yet? But yeah, uh, yeah. No, I feel really feel like Rube is kind of like that. I'm with him on that. Like it's uh, Betty's being more like friendly and chummy with her, and it's but he's like. 
you don't have a car, so you got to do what you got to do. Like, I can't help you all the time. I can't always be giving you rides. Like, you are basically an adult now, like, as a reaper. Like, you got to learn how to handle shit on your own. I don't know. I'm with him on that. Anything else? No. No? Move on. You good? Moving on? Ugh, if I had it ready to go. Next scene. In East Bumblefuck... Mason is talking with the old woman whose soul he has collected, who tells him he can't drink out of her teacup. <laughs> As she tells him old stories, he looks around the house for valuable items he can take, including a painting the woman did of the woods where she buried three dogs. The first of two were dug up by coyotes. Mason asks her if she has a lot of money anywhere at George's apartment. Betty brings over huge sacks of pictures, all of which have been separated into categories. George talks more about Millie's brother, and we find out that Betty has had at least four other identities, all of whom were only who were only children, didn't have brothers or sisters. George quizzes Betty on some pictures, who they are and where they belong. Betty tells her that she's only there's only a finite number of personalities in the world, and she's met them all. She tells George. She brought the sacks to show, uh, to, oh, I can write, to illustrate to her that people are not snowflakes and also to store them so she can have closet space. Um, do you buy that? No. Yeah, I don't either. The whole closet space thing. Now, say, this might be where I'm getting the foreshadowing. Yeah, uh, she makes a point of saying in the in that scene with the uh, that we're going to get to, there's a line where it's like, uh, in retrospect, I think in that moment is when she decided to do it or whatever. And I'm like, uh, maybe like that was like, I'm definitely going to do it. But I think she's been thinking about it. I don't think this that was a decision she just came up on. Like this, I think, is a What's maybe. Well, let's remember that this is from George's perspective. Yeah. So she's looking back, trying oh, to no, figure no, no, out yeah, yeah. pinpoint the exact moment where I'm saying she obviously wrong. George believes that she didn't decide right at the moment that's coming up mm-hmm, later in the episode mm-hmm. to. Do we want to go ahead and ruin it, or are we going to leave it uh, leave it open? I'm assuming we've all watched the episode. Okay, so, yeah. so dive off the Dover cliffs with, yeah, yeah, with the yeah, Irish the dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. which I'll get to in a second. Because um, yeah. the Dover are not in fucking Ireland. Okay, <laughs> calm down. We'll get to that scene. Anywho, <laughs> but the idea that she's looking back and trying to pinpoint the exact moment—it's mm, very—it's mm. a—it's a very human thing. Yeah, and I like the fact that they bring up. This is the exact moment where yeah. okay, this is what this is where well, this th- made sense. But I think she, I think George is wrong though because I think she maybe not hadn't decided decided, but that she was thinking about it. That's fair, you know, because I think that's why she brought over the pictures. Yeah, because she didn't want them to get lost. She wanted someone to have them because she knew she wasn't going to be around. I don't. Maybe she didn't know how or why. Like, but I think she was thinking it's time to move on because she's already. I mean, she obviously. Uh, for necessity, probably, to change your identity because you're, you know, immortal or whatever. And people are going to start asking questions if you don't, if you're the same person with the same name. And you're like, why don't you age? <laughs> so, I get that. Moisturizer, man. But Moisturizer. I think, yeah, like, it's a necessity thing, but I think also for Betty, it's, she would have done it anyways, even if she didn't have to. Like, to change her identity and be someone new and mix it up and change it up. And that's totally Betty. You know? Yes. I think she... As they've established. Yes. Yeah. That whole idea has been established this episode. So I think at minimum, at this point, she might have been thinking, maybe I'm going to go get a new identity. Like, she's feeling restless at this point, I'm thinking. No, I think at this point in time. She's ready to go. I think at this point in time, Betty has decided that she didn't exactly know how, but she's going to hitch a ride. Oh, you think she's hitching a ride somehow? Yeah. Interesting. 
interesting. I'm just waiting for the opportunity yes. to present itself. I don't know, because, I mean, eh, we'll get to that scene. Um, let's see. Yeah. I don't know. I like the whole um, Mason asking if the paintings are valuable. And her answer is, I painted them. And he's obviously like, oh, so they're not. But then you're just like, I mean, they're valuable to her. You're asking the wrong question. Are these worth any money? No. Are they valuable? Of course they're valuable to her. You know, she painted them. Um, I just thought that was an interesting bit there. Um, let's see. Uh, kind of, it's kind of morbid and kind of sad. The whole, um, I don't know, when she's talking to the old lady's talking to Mason. And when she says, you know, leave the leave the door open so the coyotes can eat my body, so that her, <laughs> I kid, love that. So that her kids feel bad for oh, not I love noticing that. that she was dead. Yeah, oh, I'd feel terrible if a coyote, coyote ate my mom. <laughs> right, that's because you're a good boy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking, I'm like, no, he's not. <laughs> you don't know him at all. <laughs> I liked that line so much because mm-hmm. not only is she. It reveals something about her, and I think why her and Mason are suddenly having this connection. Because you got to realize, I think you get uh, you get a sense that Mason doesn't feel all that much about the people he's reaping. No, and the this woman is special. He doesn't give a shit. Why is not entirely clear, and I, I don't know feel why. like if you quizzed him at this moment, Maybe why are you finding know. this interesting? He'd probably go, mm. I, don't, I don't know, and mm. he's resisting it himself. It's why yeah. he keeps on going back to maybe. You're, maybe she reminds him of. I don't know, his mother or grandmother? Could be. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's not entirely clear. Mm -hmm. One could speculate, but Mm -hmm. he does find her interesting. Yeah. And He's intrigued. Well, she's an interesting woman anyway, because as we find out, I'm not sure in this scene or the next one, Mm -hmm. but she was a singer with jazz Mm -hmm. musicians. She played with Louis Prima. Yeah. Um, You would know who that is. I do Um. know who Louis Prima is. I think it's the next Um. scene, but... No, yeah. Because I think I wrote that. I think what wrote what, but she, she's she's an old woman, but mm-hmm. she has a bit of a spark, and I think Mason, on a some level, finds her kind of attractive, not physically, obviously, no, no, not sexual way, but yeah, but just as an interesting person, and I, and the fact maybe it's the fact that she wants him to leave the leave the back door open so the coyotes come and eat her body to teach her kids a lesson. Hey, man, that's like I that like amuses this lady. the shit out of yeah, him. Right? As it amuses, amuses the it shit out of me. The shit out of me that'd, too. Te- that'd teach them a lesson. Right? That's something I would probably say. Um, I'm thinking now that I think about it, it might have been more... um, This this whole interaction or whatever can kind of confuse me, but um, now that I think about it more, I think it's more because she even mentioned she's... I think a little later, she's in the other scene, the next scene with them, she she asked specifically, she says, why isn't it happening? Why am I still here? And I think Mason probably normally... I think this is just one of the few times that it doesn't just happen immediately. Like, he grabs a soul, ascend it on your way. You know, he probably doesn't have the opportunity to get to know his people. Like, he just sees them for what they, you know, oh, that's what you are, now let's take you to here, okay, bye now, I'm going to go do my thing. But here, he's forced to hang out in her house, wait around, because he can't leave until she goes off. That's their job, they guide them and everything. Uh, so I don't know, maybe like he's forced to, cause he doesn't stay cause he has to, he starts by trying to rifle through her shit and take her stuff, you know, like that's why kind of what he's doing to, uh, he's not really interested in what she's saying at first. But then I think you're right that kind of at this point where she says that he's like, maybe like, you're interesting. And then she makes her little racist jigaboo comment. 
Again, I think later scene, but no, this scene I have it oh, written down scene? here. Okay. Yeah, yeah, cutest little jigaboos. That's the weirdest Speaking racist word. Speaking of a word. word like cunt, that's kind of such fun. a weird. Ra- yeah, jigaboos. It's such a fun. fun word to say, but it's such a terrible connotation. Um, it's so weird that she says it too. It's just kind of. It's kind of like Betty. Like it shows her age and what time period she's from. You know, like referring to shit as breezers and then showing referring to black people as jigaboos. I and then would, Mason calls her out on the racist. I was just like, he's like, you're a little bit of a racist. I'm like, so are you, Mason? Dead yellow people? Yeah. Just saying. What were you gonna say? Sorry. <laughs> I would argue that well, we've seen we've seen in this series that it does take a while for the great whatever to show up sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. Um, and I think the idea that he's loot he's looking how for a way to loot the house mm-hmm. shows that this happens frequently. Calm down, it happens. Where's your good shit? Right. Yeah. The interesting thing is that he finds her interesting. Right. Yeah. So this that is doesn't happen nine yeah. times out of ten. It's just mm-hmm. another person where. You're yep. annoying. Just tell me where your good shit is. Where your good shit is, yeah. You know, maybe even, hey, if this painting valuable, I don't know, my mm. son painted it or yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. The fact that I painted it. Oh, so. I no. painted it. Oh, so it's not. Right. Anything else? No. Really? All right, let's move on. Uh, let's see. George goes back to work at Happy Time and starts <laughs> to think. God damn it, Jeremy. I am reading. You bastard. George goes back to work at Happy Time and starts to think that Betty is right about people as she goes around uh, talking to her coworkers, uh, right about them not being snowflakes. Uh, she goes around talking to her coworkers and imagining taking their pictures and putting them into sacks, including Dolores and her cat, Murray. Meanwhile, Mason is being instructed by the old lady, old lady soul, on how to forge her name so he can collect her social security money. As she wonders why it's taking so long for her to go, Mason tells her she'll know when it happens and that she'll see something nice when it does. What'd you think of the whole uh, scene with the, her coworkers and lumping them into sacks, the sacks they belong to? Oh, he's pouring over his notes furiously. <laughs> trying to figure out where you are in reference to me. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're at happy time. She's going around and she's looking. At, she's talking a little montage with her yeah. coworkers. Yeah. Well, while you're doing that, that guy yelling at her in the photocopy room. Do you remember the the ball? It's no, and you no, notice no, it's no, all yeah. the people. It's no, all the people from the scrapbooking. I'm, fo- I'm following you now. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's like yelling. Ah, that was excessive the way he was saying. Like, I am sick of her. Like, who yells like that at work? Like, well, that was weird. I started like writing. I got down. the point they were making, but like in real life. I started realizing. Well, I wrote down that I know a couple of reiterators, and only one has greasy hair. Um, <laughs> uh, but but I figured that guy one is is also a reiterator. The 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 Asian looking yeah, dude yeah, with the bald yeah, head. Yeah, yeah. Dolores, cat lady. Yeah, cat lady. Other bald guy, white bald guy, angry dude. That's the sack he goes in. Yeah. Was he white? I don't think he was white. He's a white guy. He wasn't white. Maybe Hispanic. Might have been something. I don't think he was white. Off white. Who? I am off white. <laughs> That's me. Only because you've came from the shop and you're, you've been painted a little bit. I am a little painty. Uh, work is hard. Mm, I didn't write much down for this little bit. I don't know. I didn't. Uh, it was kind it's of just, a. It's mm, a, just a, a, a reinforcement of this idea that. Betty has seen it all. 
And yeah. George is kind of seeing that as well. That now she's starting to look she, at the world through her eyes. And it's interesting. She kind of she says that I wish people were more different, but they're yeah. not. And I understand that as well mm-hmm. because you do get to this. There's this idea that she, Betty's been around. She's seen it all. Yeah. The eccentricities are a little bit one way or the other, but yeah. but a whole bunch of people are different. They all belong in a sack. Yeah. You know, there's a little bit of a self-serving idea that Betty is can't be put in any sack. Mm-hmm. One might argue that Mason can't either, but yeah. it's a reinforcement of this idea and why Betty is not going to stick around much longer. Yeah. And that's all this scene is. It's an important scene. Not terribly interesting. No, not really. Although kind of a fun scene. I fun. enjoyed it. It was fun. Silly. But um, reinforcing a theme. Well, let me ask you, do you, I don't think I asked you yet and wrote it down at all. Do you buy that? Uh, Betty's theory that no one, we are not snowflakes. We are all, if you look at our base, whatever, we can all be lumped into. I do. Yeah. You think that's a thing? I do believe that's a thing. Yeah. I think that if you believe you are unique, then you are just like everybody else. Ooh. That shit is deep. (laughs) Uh, I I, do. I actually do buy, I I do buy Betty's thesis. And I. I kind of do too. I don't want to think about it too much, but. I would believe it. Oh, why not? <laughs> oh, it's just people are people are awful. Um, but is it an idea that every? See, what I don't agree with Betty is that everybody's like this except for me. Betty clearly believes that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 We, we, we're, we're the, no, we'll get to it later. Okay. I think that question is better for later. Uh, her body is like a nice brie. You can hear that one when he, she asks to check the temperature of her body. It's like, not cold. It's not warm. It's more like a nice brie. <laughs> I just thought that was disgusting. I'm comparing to her, your body to a cheese. I do remember that, yes. Yeah, that was a good one. And then the line where he's, uh, what, he mentions the uh, guy that climbs back into his mother, tries to climb back into his mother after Which he is dies. by far my favorite line. Uh, that's And then well, her reaction is brilliant, where she's like, oh, Jesus, cut the cord, buddy, or whatever. That's pretty funny. That's that moment where... Her and Mason are kind of having that connection. Well, you see them being chummy, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're kind of big buddy buddy and everything. Yeah. But I, yeah, that line is spectacular. Where he, where she's asking what the Great Beyond is like, and that's one of the things he's seen. And I'm sure, and that's, I think it's a, I think it's a wonderful piece of writing that because I could totally see somebody doing mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. It's I, not out of the question. The more and more we talk about it, the more I think about it. I think you're right because you. I don't know if you meant, did you mention after, before we started recording or after that the his scene was kind of. Fit with the whole episode, the theme. It was, that, it yeah. was during. I think we mentioned this, but already. I, I, I I'm buying this, it more. I, this, it's concurrent because yeah, it's about because it's, it's well because the episode's about connections and making friends or whatever, and you know, it's less about that, but it's less about, about. I mean, there's there's that, there's but that. there's also this idea of we have the idea that we all fit in these categories, mm-hmm. and we try to make friends that way. Yeah. You try because they, yeah. In the in this would, exact scene, that's what she's talking about. Like people, I would argue that Betty and Mason and even this old woman are mm-hmm. kind of the same. Yeah, type. They, they would all belong in the same sack. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. It goes back to that other episode that uh, we liked, um, where they're talking about like you know you have nine fingers, I have nine fingers. Let's go find people with ten fingers and beat the shit out of them. But more importantly, even if you're around death all the time. How do you deal with death? 
Yeah. When it's something really important because we're setting up Mason for this idea that he's been to many, many a death. Yeah. He's been around since 1960, 1970 when he drilled a hole the in the 60s, tank. I think, yeah. So he's had 30-some-odd years of popping souls. Yeah. Can't imagine a lot has affected him. Maybe the first couple, like little girl with sure, George. Yeah, yeah. A couple have affected him, but at this point in time, it would take a lot. Why yeah. does this old woman affect him, and how does he deal with that? It's interesting. It is. I don't know why. Yeah. I'm, I'm going with reminds him of someone he knows. I would go with reminds of someone he knows or is just an interesting person. Because he or, keeps because he keeps saying things like, you know, I, I love whatever the music, you know, that whoever that was. Who was yeah. it? Who was it? Was the guy? Louis Prima? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He mentioned she's, he's, he finds that record. Have you and not he's like, l- listened to Louis Prima? Apparently not. Um, calm down, nerd. Um, <laughs> music nerd. Um, yeah. I like to things like that. Like again, they obviously can't. They have something like in common, or you know, he's like I love, and she's like, oh, well, I whatever, and that's interesting. I used to sing with him, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, anything else? No. On this one. Moving on. Moving along. Moving along. Moving along. Um, oh, Dolores invites Millie to a stationery store that you have to see to believe. Apparently, uh, Millie can't go because she's one month sober. <laughs> And is flying kites with her sponsor, which prompts Dolores to share the story that her past of her past problems with cocaine. <laughs> Ruben and Betty show up to take George to collect a soul. Okay, we all know that we want to talk about Dolores's coke problem. <laughs> I love this thing we learned about Dolores, which is just like we used to call it blow. <laughs> Did you suspect that Dolores had a coke problem? Yes. Back in the day? Absolutely. Would you have guessed that you're like, I believe it. Oh, yeah. She's a cokehead. She's a total <laughs> cokehead. Uh, again. Again. Just like the la- with her, she goes like, oh, I'm an alcoholic. Oh, I was a cokehead. I win. <laughs> like, she was just a one-upper. She's like, oh, you want to tell me your awkward, uncomfortable thing that no one wants to talk about? Oh, I'll know. I'll raise you, motherfucker. No, I don't believe it's one-uppage. Because not on purpose. No, it just... It's, 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 it's a funny thing. I think it's funny that George keeps... She keeps trying to come up with these things that are embarrassing for people to talk about. If I say this, you know, like the guy that's standing there, he's like all awkward, like, I like kites. Like, he doesn't want to talk about her alcoholism. He's awkward. That's what most people are like. Dolores, no. She has no fucking filter. She's like, oh, you have an alcohol problem? I used to do cocaine. Like, oh, you're going to your OBGYN? Let me tell you this really awkward story about when I went to the gynecologist. Like, Fair. Yeah, it always keeps getting thrown back in George's face when she tries this. Like, I think that's funny. Oh, no, that's that that's brilliant. Yeah. That they wrote her, oh, yeah, I had a blow. We used to I call it blow. <laughs> You can't. You can't. <laughs> you see you next Tuesday. Uh, yeah, I did. I think I just wrote that. I love that Dolores had a cocaine problem. <laughs> Which, again, I've watched ahead a little bit, although mm. I'm remembering less and less Cheating. as we go on. Yeah. But it does make point. sense when we get to another episode. Uh, I will bring up her coke all right, problem. All right. Let's, all right. Put a pin in that then. Um, oh, my God. And she does the big brown eyes thing with Rube. And he's like, it's nice to meet you and your big brown eyes. <laughs> Can we talk about that scene, though, for a second? Okay, uh, that yeah. is, if you need any other proof mm-hmm. that uh, Herbig is the mother mm-hmm. figure, you already are with me that Rube is the uh, is the father figure. Totally, I'll buy that. Tell me in that scene that she isn't the mother figure. 
Okay. Think about that scene in in your head. In that scene, she isn't the mother victor. Got it. Because that was almost quintessential for me. Really? Yes. Mm, I don't know. I'm trying to remember the scene. She's nurturing and building up George. In that scene? Yes. By telling her about her coke problem? No, no, no. Later when she's talking to Rube. When she's talking, what is she saying to Rube? Do you remember? She was... I don't remember. Well, Rube was... She says... Oh, she talks about how great Millie is. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember all that. And Rube is like... Really? Millie? Her? Her? She is? All the hmm. time? You have to get it? Yeah, right. you have to get it. Hmm. No, no, she's a delight to have around. Yeah. Hmm. She's just so wonderful. Hmm. Nope, I don't buy it. Watch that scene again yeah, right, and right, right, tell right. me that there's not like a <sighs> maternal, fraternal thing going there. Hmm. I mean, she... Or maybe it says something about me, although frankly, my parents are both varying degrees of rube. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they are. Um, I would be more inclined to buy that what exactly Laura is... sees herself as that. I don't buy that George sees her as, or is trying to... I don't think George knows yet what her relationship with Dolores is. Like how you said, you asked Mason earlier, you asked Mason, how do you... You asked George right now, who's Dolores to you? She's going to be like, well, she's going to look my mom. Like, she doesn't know yet. I, I don't would, buy that part. I would agree that George doesn't see her like that. I would even agree that Dolores doesn't see herself like that. But I'm so saying... You just think there's this underlying I am saying thing. that the underlying relationship is inherently maternal. Now, why do you not believe that? What about their relation? I've, I've, I just think that I don't know. There's I got several quest- evidence that says it's just her questioning, like, is Dolores my friend? Like, and her trying to find connections, trying to find friends. I don't know. George doesn't obviously believe yeah. this, but the relationship is there. I don't see it yet. I see it more coworkers still. I see them as coworkers. So still, strangers just strangers or friends just talking to each other about their path. I think Dolores is an awkward fucking person, <laughs> and I think she tells a lot of people about her pap. Um, per pap schmear. No, not schmear. <laughs> Do you really? No, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Because I, I don't have any. I don't have any evidence to back up. Any I would of my say shit. her talking about her. <laughs> You've thought about this, yeah? Uh, maybe, is, maybe. It was a, kind of an intimate moment between uh, awkward as shit uh, intimate of moment, course, of course, of course. but an intimate moment between her and yeah, Billy. And, then, and it was, and even that scene was very maternal to me too. It was the oh yeah, this is how this, it's how your vagina works. Hmm. I don't buy it, but I have no, I have nothing to back it up. So. By the end of this, you'll be like, yeah, totally, mother figure. Okay. The end of this episode? No, the end of the oh, se- yeah, sure, season. Sure, sure, sure. Season, maybe. Um, I just need more. Any more. Okay. I can see where you would... I can see where you would see that, but I don't see that that's... Based on the evidence I have now, I have not been convinced that that is where the writers are going with it and where the show's going with it. But since you're a giant cheater and looked ahead, you probably know that that's not true. But... At this point, we'll leave I don't this buy for it. a second, though. Can I show you where else you're wrong? I could, but whoa, where I'm wrong? Okay, with what? You said earlier that it was the only time we saw Crystal. We see Crystal again. Oh, well, that's the only time I remembered her. What did? Where did we see her again? Betty is giving her oh, counsel. Right. Yes, I think I wrote that down. Crystal, right here. Betty's ghosting Crystal not to eat her hair. <laughs> I wrote that down. Not to touch her hair. Eat. I got wrote. Is it? Eat don't or put it. T- keep it out of your mouth. Don't put it in your mouth because oh. earlier we see her eating it. She's putting it I in her mouth. I wrote down, don't touch your hair, but... Uh, we'll have to look it up. Okay. But 
I remember in that montage. Email Sean at whatever email he <laughs> yes, said, which whatever's is whatever's in the notes. Whether um, it was eat or well, touch. I really earlier, earlier touch. in the scene with all the people in the sacks and the pictures and everything, they showed Crystal was part of it actually. And, and, and oh, I didn't see that. A little bit. You see her for just a second eating her hair. Oh, she's I did not see that. Yeah. So I think that's she's what Betty hair, was coaching. She's a hair eater. She must be, yeah. She's one of so the So even eaters. Crystal, the outsider, the, the agent oh, yeah. of chaos, oh, yeah. belongs in a sack. She's a hair eater, yeah. Yup. That was fun. Uh, oh, man. And Rube just being like, are these communal? Like grabbing the candies. And then he picks out the ones he wants. Like, I don't want these ones. Put those back. All right, here we go. Again, very rude. It's awesome. I don't know what those candies were, but I love when people are just like, or any, uh, George says it, what about the um, M&Ms or whatever, the, the salty ones or maybe even the regular ones. She's like, the brown ones are the best or whatever. Like, I don't remember what she said specifically. She said something like that, and it makes me think of people who say shit like that, and I want to punch them in the face because I'm like, it's coloring. They all taste the same, you morons. Let's like take a maybe, moment. Oh, go ahead. Let's take a moment, though. Um, <laughs> Let's. Uh, we were discussing how Rube lives. I love Rube. Well, there we go. Rube takes the odd candy here. Right. He's he, definitely that guy who's going to show up to your party, have a tasty key lime pie. A tasty key lime pie, yeah. And then abscond with some chips and some other things. He takes. He's going to put them in his handkerchief. And Whereas Betty will steal clothes and take the tags off, yeah. Rube is going to show up to your garage sale Pay less than the wanted amount for a T-shirt and then go home with that. It's just like George in the scrapbooking meeting where earlier where she just wanted the food. She's exactly like, I'm just for the free food, man. That's, what, that's a Rube move. He would do yeah. that. No, he would do that. Uh, I think I wrote other things down. No, yeah, that was it. Anything else? Not that scene. Oh yeah, next scene. While looking. For a future dead guy at the Bowers family reunion, George comments that Betty's independence is mysterious and reassuring. Betty uses her undead superpowers to look at everyone in the crowd and decide what type of person they are just from looking at them. So apparently she's can do that. Rube calls to George and tells her he found the MJ they're looking for while Betty says she's found him stuck in the slide. A choice between comfortable and safe or mysterious and reassuring. And then, in the distance, they see a guy get smashed by a kayak flying off of a car. Um, I had a comment earlier about, like, because we won't talk about it here, but there's this whole thing about uh, the creator getting into issues about their the money they spend on the special effects and stuff. Um, and I wanted to mention it earlier, but then I saw this and I was like, oh, that's kind of a good special effect, actually. So I didn't say too much earlier, but that was, that was kind of funny. Do you want to nominate the kayak thing? for? I Josh? actually do. Did you write that down? I, I did write. That was my nomination, right. which I thought you were going to argue with me on because I thought you would argue. Well, my, my, I wrote it down for earlier, for later in the show to ask if which, which you wanted, the kayak or the swordfish. You want I'm going to go with the kayak. You want, you want to nominate kayak? I'm going to go with I kayak. I think so, too, because you actually see the kayak. That's the only reason I like it. Because you don't see the swordfish. It's off screen. It's so. off screen. And it's kind of sad. You also have the makeup work later because they didn't pop his soul. And the makeup work soul. is good, yeah. And so, he's, so it, yeah. oh, you yeah. see the kayak Which mark across his face. comes back to the continuity from earlier where he says, if you don't pop the soul, they're going to look yes. all fucked up. So, yeah. I, yes, I am nominating that one for yep. best death. Well, for the app, yeah, yeah, right. okay, write it down. Uh, let's see. Oh, I just had a quick thing. They had this whole thing at the beginning about the weather and the rain and whatever. 
The show was shot in Vancouver, Canada, okay. which is where a lot of TV shows are shot because it's cheaper. But because of that, a lot of shows have to, because it rains a lot there, so they have to write this shit into their shows. I wouldn't be surprised if that whole bit was like added later because it was raining. Because who the fuck plans our family reunion outside in the rain? You know, like they wouldn't have written it that way. People who live in Seattle or Vancouver, uh, I guess. because the show takes oh, place in Seattle. Or I think Washington. I think they say Seattle, Seattle, or I guess it, you know what? They don't actually establish it, no. so we can say it takes Washington. place in Vancouver. Yeah. But it could take place there, but it's shot there. That's for sure. Either way, they the, it's Pacific Northwest. Yeah, we can comfortably say that the show takes place in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. That's just the 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 TV nerd in me just wondering what was that planned or was it because of just no, unexpected because, rain so. for the same reason for the same reason that the, they had to explain why there was rain during the shoot. Mm-hmm. Sometimes rains during a family reunion. I mean, yeah, no, it wasn't. I'm not saying it's there's a problem with it. I just think it's fun. When they have to, there was a, a Supernatural. There's an episode where they're supposed to be in LA, but it's like super rainy out. They make a comment. They're like, "I thought this was LA. It's like we're in Canada or something," because <laughs> they actually were in Canada. Uh, that's funny. So they sometimes they have to, sometimes shows have to add random lines like that to just explain away stuff. Like, I know we're supposed to be here and it's raining, but whatever. Or sometimes they don't mention it at all, but you look and you're like, "Oh, yeah, it rained in this scene." Like you can see all the rain on the ground and stuff. I'm a nerd. I notice things like that i like the reference to the rogue marmaduke balloon at the macy's parade that betty once had to go to that just made me chuckle rogue marmaduke balloon um let's see um how the hell can betty look at a person and know that they're an airplane talker because like that's one of the people thing yeah she just knows that she just established knows. that immediately she established that earlier when yeah. she was when George asked her, yeah. how do you know which sack they go in? I just look at people and know. Hmm. Now, I would argue that Betty's full of shit. I think she is. But most people are <laughs> full of shit. Yeah. If I had bags, there would be people who are full of shit. Yeah. And that would be the big bag. Yeah. Oh, that would be a big bag. Um... So if you're asking me, yeah, Betty's full of shit. But it's interesting that she thinks that she can look at somebody and just immediately know. Yeah. I, I Like I said... In the thing, it's her superpower. <laughs> but it's interesting. But it's I mean, let's take, a, let's take a moment with that scene because yeah. it's you have the safe choice, which is yeah, um, Rube, yeah, and saying I found MJ because he yeah. did find an MJ. He did, and he and sh- he is the. How many the, people at this fucking reunion are named MJ? By the way, fair Just enough. Like, anyways, go obviously ahead. at least two, three, at least three. Um, <laughs> but yet, but you have George mm-hmm. taking a moment to say. Well, what's the right path? Is it the safe, yeah. comfortable path, yeah. the one I'm supposed to take? Yeah. That represents Rube. Yep. The dangerous, the one she has been traversing up to this mm. point, which is Betty. But then you find out they're both wrong. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So what is the third path? It's her own path. It's well, her path. Well, isn't that deep? Right. She needs to learn how to do this on her own. You gotta find your like own life. path, people. Just like in life, because it would happen in just like you meet someone who's some way, you meet another person, and you become who you are based on. I mean, I'm who I am based on the people I've met. You know, a lot, a lot of it is. You know, uh, I'm more of an asshole because I met you. You know. <laughs> well, you're welcome. Thank you. Uh, can I get on a soapbox for a second? Absolutely. The little bit where they're trying to figure out who's gonna die, and she's like. 
oh, it's a pit bull. I hear pit bulls go crazy and kill people. You think it might kill you? Like, I got why she was asking it. Pit bulls are adorable. They're amazing. They're sweetest dogs. And they, that is a stereotype that is wrong. There are bad people that, like, force pit bulls to be mean. But you can make any dog be mean. It doesn't matter if they're a pit bull. They're not naturally, like, evil and going to bite your face off. I love pit bulls. That's all I have to say. I do not like the artist pit bull. Let's not get that confused. The dog. I told you it was a soapbox. I warned you. And you said, yeah. <sighs> He's giving me a look, everybody. Um, <laughs> I wrote down a rube line. No. I know. It's All right. only the third one I've written down. Uh, I'm tired of fucking around. You MJ Bowers or not? <laughs> Uh, she's just trying to be nice to the guy. And he, I love how Ruby, if you like, I've asked you three times to answer my fucking question. I'm tired of being polite. It's a very Ruby. Oh, yeah, it was great. I offered you candy from a handkerchief. Like, I'm being nice. I told you I married into the family. I thought it was good. I got nothing else for the scene. What do you got? Anything else? Just, the, I just found that interesting that what's the right choice? Is oh, it? yeah. It was... Pretty obvious, yeah. And I mean, it's, it's as subtle as a sledgehammer, but no, yeah, I thought it, it was really well done. Oh, yeah, no. Because, I mean, uh, and then to punctuate it with the humor of the kayak and everything, killing the guy. Which was, I, I guess it was well done. I guess it stood out because it was unusually well done for this mm-hmm, show. Mm-hmm. No offense to... <laughs> right. <laughs> but it was unusually well done. I think we should, uh, since you like this episode so much, we should pay attention and see if the writer comes back at all. Okay. And see if how you like those episodes. Fair so enough. A maybe because maybe this writer's just pretty good. Uh, let's see. Oh yeah. Okay. So we're at the Waffle House. The newly dead MJ Bauer, you know, one of them, with his pretty new face, tries to convince the Reapers to deliver a message to his sister. When Rube says they can't do that, MJ suggests that they say the message is from Jesus and that he's fine. A little short scene. Would anything to add other than the cool makeup for the guy? Only why would Rube agree to do it at the end? That was my question for the end when we got to that. Yeah, I was going to ask that. But we can ask that now. Why? Why does he do it? That's, uh, if I had to propose a theory, that George is getting to him a little bit. He would not have done that. That would be my guess, yeah. Because I don't think this is something he would do. But he right there, he says, he says, because I think it's funny, because he says, fine, it'll be from Jesus. I'll do it. Just I thought it was just shut him up. But apparently he was serious. No, he did it. He's like, I'll do it. And he does it. So. I don't know. I that was my question, too. I don't know why he does it. I say George is getting to him a little bit. I'll believe it. I'll believe it. I'll, I'll buy it. He says, um, when he's like, send a message or whatever. And Rube's response is, I noticed he said uh, something like, uh, do you see Della Reese around here? I had to remind myself who that was. She's from Touched by an Angel. She's one of the, uh, she's the older black lady on Touched by an Angel. Never watched that show, but I know of it. Do you know of it? No. I know yeah. of it. You know it exists, yeah. I'm assuming that's what the show was about, or yeah, that's what he's referencing there. It's a reference. To, it's a refer, obvious reference to that show. I mean, I know, I know the premise of the show, yeah. which was a Jesus show about yeah. people in crisis, and then an yeah, angel yeah, comes yeah, down and yeah, saves them. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe Della Reese's character was... Write us and tell us what she did on that show. And but that email again is? My, uh, you know, it's in the show notes. Um... Uh, let's see. No, I think my biggest question about that, though, not, not necessarily the, shut the fuck up, uh, not necessarily the, um, whatever, uh, what the reference, I'm sure the reference is fine, 
Why is Rube making this reference? Did you see a TV in his show? Is he like pop culture guy? Like, how does he even know who the fuck Della Reese is? Like, I don't, but it's a weird line for Rube. It was weird. He's it making isn't, a weird. It I can see him watching that show. Does he have a TV though? I don't remember seeing one in his apartment the few times we've been in there. Yeah, but I, hmm. I can see You're him. just going to allow it? I'm going to allow it. All right. You're just like, whatever. Rube watches Touched by an Angel. Why, why not? Why wouldn't Rube watch TV? It's mm, 2000. He's, yeah, but he has books and yeah, but stuff. I, I have books. I watch TV every once in a while. Yeah, but we grew up in that time with TV and it was easily accessible. Like, he's from a long time ago. That's not like a thing he All does. the more reason he'd watch TV. Because, yeah. like, look, yeah, look, look at this. What, what, what are these moving picture right. things? Um... This is just a little side thing. Is uh, the line she says about we should get paid? Why don't we get paid? Um, she what is it? Betty recalls her Norma Ray or whatever. Um, do you think they should get paid? Reapers, Reapers? yeah. By whom weird? exactly? Exactly. Uh, I don't know. They should have. I don't know because I think there's like there's like a thing of do you even technically need the money? Because all you need to do is. Like, okay, the, whoever the powers of the B are, right, that sends Rube the list or whatever, you know, there's obviously a higher power of some kind, people that are running the show. Uh, I'm led to believe that they don't give a shit about the Reapers. Like, they're just like, fend for yourself. You don't need food. You're not going to die. You don't need a place to sleep and be comfortable because you're not going to die. You're already dead. Like, they don't care where you live or sleep or Well, let's think about need. this for a second because, all right, if this has truly been in place since the beginning of the world... Right. Since the State of nature type of things. Mm-hmm. You get to be alive and you have to live like everybody else who, assuming humans, hunter-gatherers, would mm-hmm. be basically the same as you would be living anyway. Yeah. So you would just live among them, hunt, gather like anybody else does. It's That's only idea, now yeah. where you need jobs and yeah, being yeah, alive yeah, yeah. for a long time is kind mm-hmm. of an inconvenience. Right. But on the grand scheme of things, the powers that be, sure. modern life yeah. isn't a factor to them. Right. Just get by. Yep. So that's kind of where it I makes was, kind of the camp I was in. Complete sense. Yeah, that's kind of what I was I just thought that was interesting. Oh, I wrote it down again in case we didn't, in case I didn't earlier. But I wrote it down again. What does Rube do for money? <laughs> he steals candy. I know, he obviously does. Uh, anything else on this one? This short little bit. No, not really. The guy with the fucked up face. Uh, Other than I, I again, best good. death. It was good makeup. Yeah. Put that, that on funny. the list. That was a funny reveal where she's just I can, like, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to the top ten. Uh, uh, <laughs> all the, and trying to decide which one is our favorite. Yes. That'll be fun. Um, happy time, Dolores comes by and gives George her first paycheck and also a payday candy bar recommending using the wrapper from it for her scrapbook. Instead of her usual negative self, George actually talks to Dolores about the terrarium she wants to get with her check and asks Dolores about her cat, Murray. So now this scene, I I buy wanting to because she mentions that this is the point where I would what start plucking my eyebrows out or something like that, but her eyelashes out or something. She's makes some joke, and then she's like, "But then, uh, but I didn't," or whatever. Like she's also question. She's like, "Why? Why did I keep talking to Dolores?" You look like you want to say something. Go ahead. A coke habit costs more than ten percent of your income. <laughs> I mean, Jeremy, Jeremy. We don't know all the details. 
I can go that was this. the part that I wrote down. Was she could be whoring herself said, out for that coke. When she said that she took yeah. the money she used to spend on coke, yeah. that was ten percent of her income. Now she puts yeah. it in a fun box. Mm-hmm. I know for a fact that a coke habit ta- costs more than that. You don't know how much she makes or how much she made back when she. Had she the does coke. not have enough for a coke habit. All right, cokehead, calm down. Uh, that's all you got. I thought you'd be throwing the Dolores's her mom thing again at me in this scene. I mean. Yes, what? I'm still gonna yeah, go with that. I'm still gonna go yeah, with that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. here's my question: What's it, well, okay? What in this scene is against that? What it, what in this scene says that she's not a mother figure? I just think it's more, and at the same time, I have seen this show before. This is a rewatch. I haven't recently watched it like you have, but I don't remember ever thinking that about Dolores that they were like I always thought it was just like they become friends they become friendly co-workers like I don't see it as a I just personally don't see it as a mother like I think it's it, you You ask her well, I don't know what she asked she asked about the cat and oh she told her about the terrarium and things I don't know maybe she's sure reaching she out she is reaching out to her yeah I need more evidence now, I see where you. I see where you would think that. I just don't think they've established it well enough at this point, personally. A pap, blow. <laughs> moms can do blow. <laughs> I don't know what my mom was up to in the seventies, uh, and she was a stewardess. Dude, your mom's a total cokehead. Um, hi, Jeremy's mom. Uh, let's see. Dolores hand delivers the checks. No, thank you. But Actually, no. this also establishes that this. This has only been two weeks. It's That's also, another question. Is it two weeks or is it a month? Because there's some shitty jobs out there that pay you only once a month. Mm, I'm going to mm. go with two weeks, though. Because mm, it's been a bit... I don't know. It's no more than a month, definitely. It's at least a month. That's the max it's been. Because, yeah, she, this is her first paycheck. But so. I would say it's two weeks. I would hope so, for just for all the employees' sakes. Because I hate, I hate the idea. It is of a temp all. agency, though, so I can see where you're... Ooh, could be. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, email us if you have any opinions on that. The uh, email summer. Uh, she, let's see. Oh, man, yeah. Paid once a month. We're not sure. Uh, let's see. I, okay. Okay. This is just a pet peeve of mine. She asked her, like, what are you going to do with your paycheck? I'm like, in my head, I'm thinking, pay some fucking bills, Doris. What, are you, what the fuck do you think I'm going to do with my pay? She does. She works top max three days a week. Like she actually asks, "What are you gonna do with this windfall?" This like a windfall, yeah. A paycheck is yeah pennies from fucking heaven. Yeah, it's like no. She has an apartment that, no, that she has to pay rent too. to. Yeah, because um, I I I get guys at my work asking me that. They'll be like, "What are you doing with your paycheck?" Paying bills, rent, and food. What yeah. do you do with yours? Right? <laughs> Coke habit. Coke. Blow. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah, I wrote it down. Still not sure how George sees Dolores, friend or mother figure. I don't know yet. I don't see it. I wrote it down, though. I was thinking think about, about it. it. I was thinking about think it. About I'll it. think about it some more. All right. I'm sure, like, next episode I'll think about it. Um, okay. Next scene? You getting, know it. Getting there. Getting to it. Uh, let's see. George and Betty are at... No. Yeah. Both sound start the same. <laughs> George and Betty are at a bar to collect the soul of an Irish gentleman who is there celebrating his birthday with a bunch of friends and family. He dies while dancing on the bar and becoming impaled by a hanging swordfish. It's a fun death, but you don't see it. So It doesn't make my top No. No. If not, we saw it maybe. 
Do if you he actually mania? did get impaled, yeah. And I think you it... saw, like, it go... I, I met, here's how I imagine it. Because that's the brilliance. The, honestly, the, I think it's a good choice not to show it. Because that could have impaled anywhere in his body. I and mean, you can just do your whole... I, like, through the back of the head, through his eyeball. You're correct. I think it could have been this... Or the, through, like, the his throat. The theme of this show is death is kind of cute. <laughs> right. And so the... I think... Being yeah, hit by a kayak from a distance... Yeah. Is a better choice than actually watching. If, if you actually watch the guy get impaled, mm-hmm. um, it would have been too much for this show. Right. However, I'm still with the kayak because oh, yeah. the timing of it was just it was brilliant. Just, yeah, it's a lot funnier. This one's a little more tragic, like because you, you're seeing that. I mean, it's kind of silly. Tragic. It's silly. It's not as funny as the kayak. I would argue it's, it's not tragic. You, well, because you don't see it happening. You see the reaction of his friends and family, and it's just like, oh, poor people. Like imagine, imagine you're at a bar. And one of your friends is up on the bar, dancing a little jig, and then gets impaled right in front of you on his birthday. You're all having fun. That's not That was my St. Patty's Day this year. I mean, whose wasn't like that? Uh, I mean, I, at any, at you, any point in time, you have, have to ask the same thing about the family reunion where a guy just got nailed over my kayak. I mean, the deaths in this show. Family reunions suck. They're stupid. So I'm not. <laughs> Fair. Birthday. Actually, a lot happier, a lot joyous. He says all these nice things to everyone right beforehand. Actually, if at a family reunion someone got hit by a kayak, I'd be like, best family best reunion, family reunion ever. ever. Yeah, yeah. Um, fair uh, enough, fair yeah. enough. Because that, that party was over once he died, like, because it was for him. That's pretty much it. No one's having that party after their friend just Although a shitty bar because like, they're yeah. serving an 18-year-old. How did George get a beer? First question I have written down here. What the fuck? She has no ID. She has no ID. And that's all I got. <laughs> she has no ID. That bar needs to be shut down. <laughs> I mean, they need to serve an eighteen-year-old. Need to at least be written up, right? They need to because smack on the wrist. drinking is wrong. Oh yeah, totally. I'm not at all like five beers in the bag. <laughs> uh, oh, hey, how is George not wasted? By the way, because she is a teenager who, unless she's. An because Guinness is like 4%. Um, is it that low? Yeah, it I, is that low. But I remember drinking when I was ish that age, 16, 17, 18, I had my first beer. It got me tipsy. Because <laughs> like, I'm, light, I'm a lightweight. She I had might be tipsy, she might, but... She, uh, I don't know. All right. I'll buy it. Guinness. Oh, Guinness. That was my St. Patrick's Day. Oh, the Guinness. Uh, all I wrote was swordfish death. I don't know why. Uh, oh, I don't know, uh, if that bar stays open, if it doesn't get shut down for serving minors, uh, I bet you they won't let anyone dance on the fucking bar anymore after that. Well, at least they're going to remove the swordfish. Both, I would hope, yeah. Shouldn't have been dancing on the goddamn bar. That was not... Pissed drunk. Yeah, and there was water and stuff all over that bar. Like, they had the beer? Yeah. I've he, actually been in a bar where someone was doing that, actually. Could, I have, too. I've seen many times where people get up on the bar. It's funny. Uh, here's a weird line that was in there. He when she's like, "Do I know you?" and he's like, "I think so, from a long time ago." Do you think maybe he did? Maybe Absolutely. he ran into. Why oh, not? Yeah, I think I like to think that that'd be interesting. Yeah, if he had run into her at some point in the past or whatever. Oh, I want to float this theory. Um, they hadn't. He just says he just says that because she's pretty and sure. he thinks that, but she says that because. She knows many, many guys just like him. Mm, I think that's why she says it, yeah. But I think the way he says it, I don't think he says it like, you're a pretty girl. Like, he's being genuine, like, 
I think I do. Maybe from a long time ago. Yeah. She's a redhead. Or maybe he's thinking the same thing. Maybe it's the whole thing. You're like, you just look like people I know because everyone looks the same. Maybe it's both ways. Fair enough. Who knows? All right. Next scene. Sure. Let's get into the one that... The uh, one. The one get, that we, we get all... a little bit choked up. I, like I said, let's look a little up, bit choked up on this one. A little choked up. Uh, so George and Betty are taking Patrick. That's the guy's name. Of course it is. Yeah. Uh, they're taking Racist Patrick. motherfuckers. Bunch of cunts. Taking Patrick's soul to the great whatever. The cliffs of Dover appear to him. Calm down, Jeremy. Betty has George take her picture right before she gives her her ring and then jumps off the shiny cliffs with Patrick. Rube, sitting at the Waffle House, hears a rumble and sees his coffee do the Jurassic Park jiggle. Talk about Cliffs of Dover real quick. Did you like Jurassic Park jiggle? I did like Jurassic Park. I wrote Park. that for you. I, I, yeah, I, did, re- I did like that. That Thank was for you. you. Thank well, you. that's what it reminded me of. His coffee starts, boom. As boom. soon as you, I, yeah. when you said that, I... All right, cool. Uh, Cliffs of Dover, go. Not in Ireland. Where are they, Jeremy? They are in England. Uh, Southern coast of England. Uh, there you go. All right. But it's close to Ireland. I will punch you right in the face. I'm saying someone from Ireland could like the Cliffs of Dover and want to go, like, shut up. Uh, it's, like a, it's like a Basque person going, I, can't, I want to see the, the Cliffs of Gibraltar. <laughs> Are they in the same general geographic area? Yes, but there's a big difference between those people. All right. Feel better now? No. Right. Well, too bad. We got a podcast to do. Uh, so we're back to talking about jumping versus falling. But okay. I understand. But you need a cliff. There is no good cliffs in Ireland, no. so you need one. And that's the whole so point: is the jumping. Yeah. I can. I will accept. I mean, he the knows the, what the cliffs of Dover are. He would clearly he know could the have cliffs visited of Dover. them. They're not that far from Ireland. Why that would be his happy place is. He's very excited to see them. He is. You don't know him. He, they he need could a place have, to jump Him and his family of. could have taken trips to England. And there are cliffs in Ireland. They're really obscure. Yeah. I Cliffs of Dover I are will, more recognizable. I will grudgingly accept why they did that, but the cliffs of Dover are yeah. not in fucking Ireland. <laughs> this is true. They never say they are, though. They just imply They are not. <laughs> they just infer it. Except for there's an Irish guy. They infer it. <laughs> Back to talking about jumping versus falling. Got to take the action. Got to do the jump. Got to jump. All right. That's kind of a, I like a little bookend with her falling mm-hmm. off her cliff and then the jump is the jump and the falling. And Again, it's subtle he's, as a sledgehammer, but no, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. powerful. He's, I mean, and he's basically, isn't he kind of saying what Rube said, basically? Like, he's like, I don't like jumping or I don't like falling or whatever it is. Like, falling's easy. Falling's easy. Yeah. You just fall. <sighs> it's like the it, idea that either, either the... The world pushes you along or you mm. take control. Right. When when you're writing, you always want your characters to take control of the action. If your characters are just going along with whatever happens, yeah. normally it's boring. There's a Pretty few boring. instances where that's not the case. Sure. But normally you want your characters to drive the narrative. Mm-hmm. And this is why Betty is... So powerful in this is because she's driving the narrative. Yep. And she's saying as much. You got to take the jump. Yep. Um, let's see. This is where I talked. I, I asked about the picture that they took, and we talked about that. Um, I think I mentioned briefly this is, yeah, Brian Fuller, the creator had stayed on. He would have brought her back at the beginning of season two. So I don't know if we're, I guess, technically, since he didn't come back, I guess she's dead. 
but if he had stayed on, she would have. And I would have loved to see that, like, because she just comes back, like, falls. He said that like she like, falls from the sky just randomly, and she's just like, "Betty, you're back." <laughs> like, what up? And then she can, t- and then she like, you know, you find out where she's been. I get this image of Chris Rock and, from uh, uh, ah from Dogma. From Dogma yes. Oh, maybe he has a message on him, like from Con Air and shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, I just thought that was interesting when I read that, that there was actually a plan for Betty to come back and for to, to actually answer like the questions, like where where did she go? What happened? Answer Rube's question from later. Um, let's see. It was, no, no, it wasn't. Uh, it, was a good, it, was a good, it was a good exit for her, much better than writing her into a... Morgue I mean, drawer thing. My it's entire well done. feeling on this episode is that, yeah, it's yeah. obviously infinitely better. Mm-hmm. We do give a shit about Betty by the time this happens. Yeah. A bunch, or yeah. at least it worked on me because, yeah. yep. like I said, if you ask me what my opinions on Betty were, it, yep. I, I liked Betty, yep. but they all came from this episode. Yep. They spent a lot of time and a lot of effort to get you to like her. Yep. A little bit cruel to d- then just then kill her off, but right. powerful. Yeah. This this scene to this moment, and you know my emotional range kind of stems from you know happy, angry, and drunk. I mean, like knowing what the plan was, I don't think it's that cruel to just kill her off, like because it wasn't killing her off. Like I don't think it's you know because for it, the audience, it was, you know, you, well, could, yeah. you, could, you could like somebody and then kill her off. No, 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 no. But I think it was. I think. I mean, obviously, I think all of this would have happened with you know. Either way, like, because it sounds like this was planned because he had this whole plan of bringing her back. So I don't know how cruel it is because it's perfect for her character. Like, it's a great story well, for her. Well, it's perfect for the character they developed since this episode began. Yeah. Be- yeah. And that's the thing with the, the going back to the she had other child killing aspects about her or whatever. The, the creator mentioned that the studio didn't like and all this. So, yeah, I don't know if there was this whole other aspect to her or whatever what like and again i'd be interested to know more. what i mean from a from a creation standpoint i think that's mm. interesting to see how a how collaboration and creativity mm-hmm. runs up against the brick wall that is studio politics money, but money, money. take the art for what it's worth money. the <laughs> yes take the art for what it's worth yeah the what you got the uh, the interesting thing is, is that they built a lot of capital mm-hmm. to make you care at this mm-hmm. point in time because they could have just written it off. They could have, yeah. And they chose not to. I like that they gave her a good exit. A hell of an exit. Yeah. What do you think about all the, like, the rube, the rumbling that only rube seems to notice and Mason kind of hears that sound, like that, I don't know what he hears. Like he hears the world has changed. Yeah, because something, they, like, sense it. I yeah, got, something. what I took away from that was that something is happening Something has happened mm-hmm. that has never happened. Mm-hmm. The rumbling, whether it was real or Just, Rube's imagination, yeah. something has happened that has never... Now, Betty kind of blows it off as a, I'm going to hitch a ride. Like, yeah. it's something that might have happened before. Right. But I don't think it has. Right. The idea that you can't, as George even says, you can't go where they're going. Yeah. That's been so canonized. Yeah. Among Reapers, yeah. that that's like the invisible line you do not cross. Mm-hmm. You know, you can you can do a little bit of what George did. You mm-hmm. can interfere with fate, but for the love of God, you do not go where they're going. Yeah, that's and, why I, I really would have liked seeing where Betty's character would have gone after this and finding out what like 
what you know what happens when that you know because we never get those quite we never get these quite spoiler we never get these questions answers answered you know in the series i don't ever remember them really talking about it like no they don't talk about this what changes were whatever yeah so i feel like if we could have had what the original vision was with betty coming back eventually you know i feel like maybe i wonder if betty would have come back as a different person you know probably um something changed inside of her from doing whatever what what, and why you know where is she going what happened what changes were i don't know there's a lot of stuff that they seems like they're setting up because with rue putting the post-it on his door later and everything like it's you know implying there's this oh you know the 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 whatever the people that run the show the the greater i took it i took the him put taking putting up the post-it note as something different i mean with with what you know in mind mm-hmm. it, that makes more sense mm-hmm. if they were planning on bringing her back then i could see yeah. that as using that as a segue kind of setting up Without knowing but without that, that yeah. without that, with the show the way it is, that moment, I mean, and talk about a moment that kind of, again, I have emotional range that mm-hmm. basically is angry, yeah. happy, and drunk. Yeah. And so. I, can I guess what you're going to say? Go for it. Because I took it as your, your thing with Rube and George and him questioning things, because this is continuing him questioning things. These are questions that, like, he might not have asked no, he definitely would ha- wouldn't have. If he hadn't met George. Yeah. No. I think it falls into your theory of like him questioning. Yeah. Because it's not, a re- that's obviously not like an official way to contact whoever. He just knows that they might read that, you know, when they come deliver the. Well, I don't think he expects an answer because for the same reason he doesn't expect the whatever it is that delivers no. the messages to come in no, I don't for think pasta. Expect- no. I don't think he expects an answer, an answer, but I think he wants. But it's interesting that he puts it up, mm-hmm. hoping for one. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting. You know, it's this moment again. You kind of you, you kind of see that facade that Rube has kind of cracking. Yep. Anything else? Well, I think actually we went to the went past. We kind of skipped ahead to the post. Yeah, we'll get we'll get we'll, we'll, let's skip back. Anything with the Betty jumping off the cliff? Going to cliffs it over. Other than you know, Ireland, go for it. <laughs> okay. Other than I love her for it. So a little earlier, I I skipped it and kind of put it here. We did see before one of these scenes. Um, Mason is at the woman's house still and uh, putting on one of the records for. I'm assuming what was his name? Louis Prima. No, it wasn't. <laughs> was Louis that Prima. not a Louis Prima? Uh, he's putting on some record, but as he does, he he's he's wheeling her out in a wheelbarrow. Which is interesting. Um, and then, so then now, after all this, we then see him burying her under a tree, which we're led to believe is the tree from her painting because they crossfade to it. Um, and yeah, and then he, that's when he kind of, at that moment, is when he senses that the change has happened or whatever, that Betty has left. Um, I just have, have, I don't understand. And what led him to bury her? Especially when her wishes were just leave the door open yeah. and let the coyotes get to me? She said, just leave me there, let the whatever. Like, how weird is it that she's going to be buried and he, I doubt he buried her very deep. So there's a very good chance that she's going to get dug up and chewed up by coyotes anyways, just like their dogs, you know, from earlier. So why do this? It's about this idea mm. of... 
and it's, it's disrespectful. It's, but, an, it's, it's well. an interesting idea. How do you deal with death if mm-hmm. death is all around you? Yeah. Because obviously, and there's, you know, we both, both worked in news. There's a lot of death yep. in there. Um, military, first responders. Yep. Hospitals, workers. How do you deal with death if death is all around you? Yeah. And it's this kind of powerful moment because obviously they deal with death several times a day. Yeah. But you've got Betty who is different obviously because she's a reaper and one of them. Yeah. But at the same time, it's still a death. Yeah. And Mason kind of brings it back to this idea that it is still a death. And Mm. there is this death that he may not know that Betty's gone, but there's a death that's still affecting him. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think he buries every corpse that... No, 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 no. This is specific Clearly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so how do you deal with death, even if death is a basic part of your life? Yeah. And the idea is that most of the time you just deal with it. It's just a thing that happens. But every Mm -hmm. once in a while, there is one that makes you think. Sure. You know, and I don't think we're to that yet, but do we want to get to the part where George is... No. Okay. I want to talk about Mason. Okay, well, then, I still don't understand this whole thing. Then my theory the is the, the reason that he's burying her is because out of respect. Sure, of, I get that. But if I'm going to nitpick it, go for it. Because I mean, I mean, just just uh, cursory watch, first watch. Yeah, no real problem. He's 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 developed a relationship with her. He respects her. He's he's treating her body, not letting the coyotes do it, but burying it, and hopefully deep enough so they don't. Dig her up, but I am led. I don't know. There's never. She never asked him to do it. Right. There's never any discussion of this. But no one ever asked Barry asked to be buried. Mm, you ask. No. It's interesting to you say you when you ask people what do you want to happen to your body. Yeah. A lot of people are just like. Okay. Yeah, I don't give a rat's ass. I'm dead. I'm dead. Do what you want to do. Only the most pompous among us mm-hmm. say, "Oh, I want a great big funeral. Yeah. I want people crying over me." Most yeah, people yeah, don't yeah. give a fucking shit. Yeah. Because I think deep down we understand that we're dead. Mm-hmm. The funerals for the funerals for those left behind. Yeah. And so this is not about her. It's about Mason. Yeah. I think the whole. I think what bothers me or confuses me is just it's a little. Almost like they cut something. Like, I feel like there's a piece missing. Like, I know she mentioned the woods, but how does Mason know where the woods are? Are they out? Are they just near the house? Sure. I guess. I don't know. I guess I, I'm nitpicking too much on this. Yeah. It's. Absolutely yeah. you are. You no, son of a bitch. You I cunt. like doing it, though. Um, no, no. I'm, okay, here's a question. Okay. What would, how would Rube feel about him doing this, do you think? Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Because I, I don't think they're supposed to be fucking with the bodies. In the... In the context of the show, I think he would accept. He would, if he found out about it, he mm-hmm. would like come down on him, and say, "We don't fuck with the bodies." Right. But it's another instance of don't ask, don't tell. Right. Just like Roxy in the last episode, yeah. trying to keep her candy man alive. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, don't yeah. ask, don't tell. Yeah. We all do it, but we don't. We don't talk about it. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'll allow it. <laughs> I'll buy it. I think I'm just nitpicking it. Um, I mean, it's, a, it's a fair question, I mean, it's, but it's yeah. it's not the important thing, I think. No. And the important thing, no. I think, is no. why is he doing this? Because something has changed yeah. in Mason. Yeah, yeah. Because out of hundreds of guessing of deaths, mm-hmm. this one is special. 
Mm-hmm. Now, why it's not implicitly stated? So I think it's, yeah, because there's this whole, because we see her, they're talking, and next time we see her, it's just her dead body, and her soul is gone. Like, I feel like maybe there might have been a scene with no, her leaving. I think, like, you don't think of the... Uh, I think there's just, I think there's an attraction between the two characters. No, I know, yeah. I feel like, I feel like they, I feel like they cut a scene. Like, you know, the scene might not have been necessary, but I still think they cut it. If she was about 60 years younger and he was alive, they totally would have banged. Totally. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Next one? Next thing? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we got George's narration talking about how after we die, we leave a little of ourselves as we, uh, we leave a little of ourselves as we see the, what, the old woman's painting and MJ Bauer's sister reading a post-it from Jesus. At the Waffle House, George and Rube talk about Betty and how they can't go where she went and how they don't know if she'll be back. Rube asks about Millie's brother and George says she doesn't have a brother, but instead she had a sister. She asks why she keeps losing the things and people she cares about, and Rube says that that's what life is. That's depressing. That was depressing. But a very Rube line, yeah. Yeah, it was a little Ruby, but I disagree but with that. I don't buy I it. Really? Why do you disagree that's with that? It's a part of it. It's not all of life. It's not yeah. all of life. That's part of life. Everybody, it's not life. He says it like, that's what life is, dealing with people leaving you. It's like, No. You have to... He's also been a reaper his, his, most yes. of his existence. He's very... No, I'm saying he's very jaded and very whatever. I'm like, you're wrong, Rube. You're wrong. Because you have this... to develop those relationships to be care when they leave. Like, there's a, there's a whole thing. There's other parts of life, is what I'm saying. It's not just that, I don't think. Yes, but there's also this idea that everybody you love is going to go away. Oh, yeah. Either they're going to leave or they're going to die. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Including you. No, yeah. But, and since this is dealing with death, yeah, it's a very existential idea, and sure. I think that it, Rube being a, being alive or undead or whatever mm-hmm. he is for as long as he has mm-hmm. makes perfect sense for him to go. Yeah, that's that's life. <laughs> I've been shot. Uh, <laughs> that was my kettle uh, yeah. apparently uh, decompressing. That's cool. um, thank you. Beer. Uh, that was my IPA actually uh, weighing in. Ooh. Anyways, um, um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I get it. I get why he says it. I personally, my personal belief, I think he's wrong. Okay. I mean, if I get, yeah, if you're what about leave, that tasty if you're a hundred, if you're tasty that pie. if you're a hundred years old, if you're a hundred year old reaper, sure, yeah, that's all it is to you, and all you do is whatever. But like, that's not all life is. Is all I'm saying. It's part of life. There are other parts. I say. I say, I say, boy. There's cocaine, uh, fucking, and cunts. Yeah. Well, the actor that plays the sister, she totally does stuff. Like, I don't remember what she's been in. Allison was like, oh, that's that girl from blah, blah, blah. Like, I recognized her. I thought it was funny. I'm like, eh, you just were one, one little scene in this show. And then she goes off to do other stuff. Anyways, I think it's fun when you see, like, little small bits, you know, see the actors, like, before they become. Oh, yeah. We'll get to one of those episodes very soon. Oh, really? Fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, we already asked this about the Jesus post-it. Why does he do that? You know, it's interesting that it ties in right now when everything is going on. That I mean, we go back to the idea of... I go back to... George is fundamentally changing Rube. Yeah. You go back before George. Hmm. He would never left this note, nor would he left the note that said, where did she go? Hold on. I don't have a better thought, so that works for me. Um, okay. I get the whole 
Betty's my sister thing. That's fine. It's good. Good. Nice scene. It's good. Let's look at it from a real life point of view. She goes back to work and Dolores says, how's your brother? Oh, I actually don't have a brother. I have a sister. I asked you if you had a sister and you said, no, I have a brother. She's flip-flopping here. <laughs> she's going to have some She's gonna have some explaining to do. She is. If she's going to follow through with this, with Dolores, I'm just saying. You're um, not wrong, but yeah. I still yeah. love the line. No, no it's great. But, and, no, it's a great line. And it's interesting to examine because she feels the need to have an older brother who is a jet pilot who is cool because she doesn't think she is. Yeah. Um, and Betty says at some point in time that she doesn't have... She never had any brothers. None of her identities had it. Yeah, she was always just her. And she writes it off as because it's easier. But the implication is that George needs this in her life. Mm-hmm. Betty doesn't. Right. And so then obviously the obvious thing is Betty then fills that role for George. Yeah, exactly. Um so you're right. You're right. In reality, that's going to be a hard shit to explain. But it's a powerful fucking line. No, it's great. No, I'm not questioning that part at all. I did write next to life is losing the people and things you care about. The soup of the day is cream of bullshit. That's what I wrote. I call bullshit on that. All right. Uh, we got one last scene. Anything else before we do the last one? No. Last one. So we're at Happy Time. Millie is back with the Scrapbook Club. She shows them her book titled Mysterious and Reassuring, which she is filled with photos from Betty of, I'm assuming, people that are mysterious and reassuring. Dolores and the others correct her and say that scrapbooking is not the same as a photo album. We then see Rube at his place, leaving the post-it on his door that asks what happened to her. Then we see George at home, putting her frog in its new terrarium and adding Betty's picture to the mysterious and reassuring scrapbook slash photo album. Um, is that what it is? Is that what she... Because, she... okay, here's, here's how I took it. Betty's got all these different categories... But she never put herself in a category. And I think Correct. this is George saying, this is the category you belong from earlier. You belong in the category mysterious and reassuring. Now, are, are these people, is that George saying, I think these people look mysterious and reassuring? Yes. Okay. Clearly. I'm getting that right. All right. Um, well, either one of two things. Either George has looked through these pictures and decided mm. that these people are mysterious and reassuring, or that is a bag that already existed. And mm. Betty is wrong when she says, I don't belong in a bag. Mm. And George is saying, yes, yes you, you do. do. You are just like everybody else, but you are mysterious and reassuring. I think you could go either way. Yeah, either way. Either if way I had to pick, I'm going to go with, I like the, I, there's no, since there's no reason to believe either one because mm-hmm. of what's been said, there's no I like the idea that... It's all speculation. I like the idea that there already was a bag and George mm-hmm. is putting her in one. Uh, I, I like that George is making up her own category. She's doing her own thing. She's okay. being her own person. She's not... Like trying to emulate Betty or whatever, she's just like, you know what? I, I'm gonna do create a whole, new, a whole new kind of yeah. category of human, and yep. I'm I'm recategorizing some of the ones. I think, you, yeah, I know. Like she's correcting Betty. Like that that's a little. Uh, he's, he's not a jumper. Yeah. This is obviously mysterious reassuring. Well, he could be both, but I think like I think you're more mysterious reassuring than you are a jumper. Like I don't know, maybe, or maybe she's takes one of them and's like. Now this is the mysterious and reassuring get it for jumpers. Like, you know, that could be it. I can I, I like I like that there's no definitive answer. It's nice to speculate. Um Okay, here's this is 
I wrote down her line because it confused me. When she she's showing the book, the scrapbook to everybody, she opens it up. This is what she says: All these people, they all have it around their eyes and their smile. The reassuring part is what lulls you into the sense that everything's going to be fine. And then, boom, they pull the rug out from underneath you. That's the mystery part. I get how that's Betty. Mm-hmm. How are that these people? Like, I don't know. It I don't get it from the people. It goes back to the idea people. that Betty could look at somebody and yeah. just know. Now, So maybe George isn't necessarily right, but that's what she thinks exactly. she sees when she sees no, these people. Okay, that's exactly okay. what's what okay. was going on. George, yeah. uh, George is kind of channeling, whether she actually believes she has this ability that mm-hmm. Betty allegedly had or not, mm-hmm. George is looking at these people and just making that decision yeah. the same way Betty did. Yeah. Now, Maybe obviously, this, the, this is know. coming from Betty. Yeah. But. I think, because I think she's, yeah, she's talking about the people in the book, but I think she's more talking about Betty there. Oh, she's clearly talking yeah, about Betty. Yeah, yeah, I mean, this is all about Betty. That's an interesting line. Um, but the it's interesting that she's grouping other people into this. Mm-hmm. I call bullshit on Dolores. I think that's a scrapbook. It's just her own version of scrapbooking. Like. I hate people correcting like that. Like, mm, that's a photo album. It's like, no, it's not. Because I don't know these people. Like, it's a photo album if it's your life and your, you know. Like, I think that's her version of scrapbooking. If you add, if you added some shit around those pictures, like, how is that not scrapbooking? Except she can't explain to them how, why. You know what I mean? Like, can't, she, she can't be like, well, I'm a reaper. And before we take people's souls, we take their pictures. And these are people that we don't know and that we collect and blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? What do you think? I think Do you care? that no, actually no, actually that moment was really interesting and really powerful for me. Okay. Because it was this moment where George is revealing what she's learning, revealing right. who she is, yeah. and nobody else gets it. Right. Because she's speaking on a level mm-hmm. she's speaking on a on a on a level that she's starting to channel Betty a little bit. Right. And Here's all the people that aren't different going, they don't get it. Yeah. They just don't get it. Yep. And I think George wouldn't is not offended. They go, she just goes, oh, Betty was right. Mm-hmm. They are all the same. Yep. They just don't understand. And so now whether this continues on is a whole other thing. But if this were if, if this episode were self uh, uh, were self contained, mm-hmm. this would be what I'd call the epiphany for George, mm-hmm. where the lesson that Betty was trying to impart this entire episode finally clicks, where she goes, "Yes, these people, you know, they are all the same. You have these same personalities," mm-hmm. and she would start becoming the same kind of person that Betty was, which she'd mm-hmm. become ambitious, restless, and all those things. Yeah. But does that continue on? Probably not. But <laughs> Probably if not. If it was better written, yes, it would. But I, yes. I, I think it really was powerful because it was George's epiphany, and the fact that everybody else wrote it off kind of reinforces that. Yeah. Um, the frog? Is the... Is the, uh, uh, the I know the frog. Symbol for death. Oh, I know the frog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When was the last time we saw the frog? A couple episodes ago. Oh, yeah, it's been a bit. It's been it? a minute. But she's just like, she's acting, I swear, shit has gotten cut in those last episodes. There's so many things that happen. Like, I don't know. Because she's like, follow me from the train. Like, the first episode, you mean? Like, what the fuck? Like, and we haven't seen it. Like, 
I, I think like maybe once. once since then, yeah. Like because there was that point that she was in the bathroom and then the frog was in there that that episode. I, I think. feel like it's hopped the scene once or we twice. We must have missed it. Yeah, we must have missed some of them. But I mean, they're so inconsequential sound... that we wouldn't make a note of it. Right. Yeah, because she's like the frog is there, but because she yeah because she makes it sound like she's like I've had this frog and he's just been been there and so I might as well give him a terrarium because he's just hanging out in my apartment. But let's, I let's yeah. take a minute though. I mean. We are we're dealing with how a reaper how a reaper deals with death, how someone who is around death deals with it. The mm-hmm. frog is a is a symbol of that. Mm-hmm. The fact that she's finally buying him a terrarium mm-hmm. for him to live in, mm-hmm. the idea that I'm making peace with death. Or I'm she, trying to make peace with death. She made that choice before Betty left though. She was talking to Betty about it. In the she bar. was talking to Dolores yeah. about well, she I talked to get, Betty about it too. Yeah. Yeah, she was, it to, need to buy a terrarium. Yeah. She mm-hmm. needs to buy a terrarium, but she didn't buy the terrarium until Betty's gone. No, she said in the bar, she said, I bought a terrarium. Oh. She tells Betty, I well. bought a terrarium for my frog. Yeah. Okay, well, well the frog didn't it. go in the terrarium until she's gone. Well, then she put it in there after, oh, yeah. Right. But she bought it, apparently. Like, it's in her car that she doesn't have. <laughs> I don't know where it is. <laughs> she point. took it home or something, and it's sitting there, and she hasn't put the frog in it yet. Is that the frog that hisses at her? That's the frog that hisses yeah, at her. Yeah. <laughs> but by she had to touch it and put it in there at the end there. I like, feel like a handler probably... Oh, no, she my, didn't... Because you can see you're her. Right. She's in the... I asked the same question and nope, she's you're, right there. She, no, she did mention that when she picked it up, she was terrified to pick up mm-hmm. that frog because yeah. it hisses and bites. Mm-hmm. That sucks. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it. That's the episode. That's the episode. That's all episode. the notes I got. You got anything else? No. Yeah. Other than I still, so still I maintain. Good? That's my, that's the running so far favorite my favorite episode. episode. From what I've read, there's a good chance that's going to be your favorite episode. I'm not too confident about the episodes after. Because Brian Fuller, the creator, has gone at this point. He's no longer a part of the show. So It's new, all downhill from here, folks. New people are running the show So from this point on. So we'll see I don't see remember. I honestly, if I had to if I had to think about, think mm-hmm. back to the, the images of this show that come to mind, mm-hmm. it was from the first episode of yeah. this one. Yeah. The Cliffs of Dover thing. Yeah. Oh, I remember the Betty thing, yeah. 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 Scenes from the first episode, this one, and I'm going to kill that fucking baby. Oh, and Kaylee, but that comes later. Yeah. The, ooh. Yeah, Kaylee. Um, yeah, but I'm interested to see how we think of the episodes going forward here. Oh, it's going to be garbage. Here we I'm go. I'm worried. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm worried we're going to get to a point where we're like, I get why they canceled it. <laughs> we're just going to... We'll see. We're going to come back here in a month and go, why are we doing this to ourselves? <laughs> <laughs> why are we still watching? I remember finishing the series, and I watched the movie, so I don't know. I must have liked it at some point. We'll see if I still do. I'm excited to find out. All right. That's going to do it. Uh, remember, write us with any thoughts or questions or whatever, so we can have some shit to read on our last episode where we talk about, go more into depth about why and if the show should have been canceled. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode. What's the next episode called? He Wondered Aloud. I don't have it pulled up at all. We'll never know. Master promotion We're again. Never gonna know. I, I just, know. I never have I, this ready. Can I? <laughs> here. Can I just bask in me. how good you yes. do this like yeah. promotion thing? Yeah. Do it for about thirty seconds. Go. Um, so to all seventeen of you people who are listening, <laughs> we love you all. It's first of all, it's a bloody miracle you found this thing, and thank you for listening to this um, <laughs> while he googles this. Um, <laughs> You cunt. Maybe <laughs> oh, your internet was faster. 
Well, we are in the well, we are in the garage, so I know, right? We're pretty far from the thing, and what? My room. That's the name of the next episode. My room. All right. Well, we'll go. We'll go. We've. Oh nope. I was just about to say they're losing the Reaper puns, but there's another one, another episode coming up. Damn. This one doesn't have it though. My room. Okay. Right. Well, hope there's no repercussions. <laughs> uh, all right. If you guys again want to watch along with us, Amazon and Hulu both have the uh, show. Showtime probably does too, but Hulu and Amazon definitely do. Uh, we will be back next week with uh, my room, I guess. Uh, Jeremy. Yes, Thanks Sean. Again. Say goodbye. Goodbye, Sean. Goodbye. Now get out of my brewery. Give me it's time some to get beer. drunk now. Get drunk. I'm gonna get so drunk. City of Geeks. Independent new media produced in Idaho.